0: Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you. Welcome to yet another EuroLeague. I am, of course, your wonderful host, Rich. My co-host, as always, uh, the new appointed or anointed king of YouTube and Reddit hate mail, Mr. Kira. Um, We're also joined by... I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. I looked it up beforehand because you know the thing with my name confidence. He looks like every anime character under the sun, but this one I feel <laughs> in my brief research is is the the most alike. And I'm going to get flamed for this as well because it's from what I believe is a very popular anime, so maybe I should have heard of this person. But we are also joined by Orochimaru from Naruto. Sir <laughs> <Except> from Naruto. <laughs> Oh, Nara- yes. What have I just so,
1: been witness to?
0: I said, anyway. I said it, I said it with with half chest. I I think I have fooled everyone into believing <laughs> that I've seen that show. Right. Anyway, also known as Nightmare. Uh, That's me. Hello from the LEC, as you may have seen his beautiful uh, face, or indeed from Naruto, as I from
1: just the village referenced. hidden in the leaf.
0: <laughs> hidden, yeah. The hidden. I think it's that, like I'm starting village. to
2: pick up these accolades because there's like Arcane Victor um viego um you know i've got like a nico passive for anyone with like a certain pale skin tone and cheekbones i'm starting to collect these accolades so how do you feel what it, how does
0: orochimaru compare to the previous ones you've been associated with on on a scale of uh you know zero to perfect match how spot on is that in your eyes i have
2: not watched naruto oh, yeah. as <gasps> Z- I, mean, Al- accla- I was gonna say like i am a safe self-acclaimed weeaboo like I've, i have watched a lot of anime in my time but that one I'm had... yeah well that was the last yeah. that was the yeah, last yeah, one i was introduced as got it, you got the, like, a, i don't, it, got mix it I don't up, have got strong a... feeling. i don't have any strong feelings about this sadly i'm not well researched enough on this one i'll see, maybe next time i can come back with an answer about this see there you, you go
0: i am the weeb aficionado on this particular <laughs> podcast as it turns out and i'm think you'll find that if you check that pronunciation, it was definitely spot on and not butchered at all. Anyway, before we get started on what is going to be obviously a roster mania show, if you like, of uh, all things LEC, I do have to first put my patented Would You Rather by you guys. And this time it's getting a bit, you know, it's it's a bit grim, but, you know, it's not too grotesque or, or anything like that. It's just a bit bit mellow but i want to know which of these uh, apocalypse scenarios you would rather have to live through so the first one is post nuclear war the second one is a robot uprising think like you know skynet from terminator or something like that or maybe even i don't know just the microwaves attacking you when you try and put your food in use your <laughs> imagination whatever that may look like in your head and the third one that's right there's three options this time a zombie apocalypse nice and simple nice nice bit of vanilla oh, ice cream oh, never hurt you so what kind of zombie apocalypse 28 days walking... later
2: so, okay, so they can zombies. run very physically available but it's not like the last of us kind of like worst case scenario kind of like fungal, fungal nah. monstrosity no nah.
0: they're not there's they're still dumbasses they can't like do incredibly okay. complicated things but they can sprint at your face so hit hit me nightmare what are you thinking? post nuclear war robot uprising not not terminators exactly but you know just the 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 machines are revolting and uh
2: zombie apocalypse i think the worst one is robot uprising if it's like skyrim because at that point um it doesn't matter how good of a survivor you are if it is a robot uprising that thing's probably going to continue up until like humanity is completely gone it's like there's nowhere safe there's even if like you're in like the band of survivors which survives the initial burst i i think robot uprising is just like you're going to die eventually at some point so I think that one's probably bottom of the list. Then what were the other two? Zombie Apocalypse and what was the other one? And post-Nuclear
0: um, War. So post-nuclear think war-ish. like, I don't
2: know, uh,
0: yeah, what's what's that? Well,
2: I live in a capital city in Europe, so I assume I would just die. Um, yeah, but post- that yeah, one's you're probably po- your post-blast. <laughs> you're post-blast, so you're not dead. Jesus. You, you are... Okay, so somehow I've, I've gone on holiday somewhere and then I'm like, fuck, everywhere's kind of wasted. Um... I think I would actually chance the zombie apocalypse if it's running zombies 28 days later. I think. I think if they are dumb enough, I think there are ways that you could eventually eventually kind of like learn to live with that while most modern technology can also survive to a degree because also with like like a post nuclear apocalypse most infrastructure collapses like a hundred percent with zombie apocalypse maybe some of it survives so if i'm living there at least i have some infrastructure maybe there's power i'm not sure the internet would survive but like i think some stuff would survive enough to make it a slightly happier existence at that point it's pretty slim between the two but i go zombies and then you also get to get some good old head mashing in as well of some you know, rotted corpse. Fair enough. What What are you thinking, Kira? Are you taking on the robots?
1: So, if you believe in, in nuclear thesis, then everyone dies after a nuclear war anyway, because yeah, that's it. It's GG. So that that one, even if you come out of the bunker, even Australia is going down at that yeah, point. Yeah, there's no there right? is no, no, no cli- <laughs> There's no climate, so you're dead anyway. There's no oxygen. You're de- you can't breathe. You're dead anyway. So that one's got to be. Yeah, a it's can't... more think
0: think more like ridley walker or something though it's not like the the air's unbreathable and you just all die you are you know just living post so maybe like
2: fallout
1: or something yeah, yeah exactly, a like, exactly. A fallout yeah. Vibe. Yeah. okay so I, I would probably fuck uh fallout Zom... fallout number one zombie number two number three would be the robots because the really the thing about the sad and harrowing thing about the zombie apocalypse is like the mental thing of like you know like p- people around you oh, like true. becoming infected yeah. and you having to kill like loved ones and like oh, relations and this. stuff
2: but there's a positive to that too think about the person who's flamed you the most in these reddit and youtube hate comments and they come back as a zombie it is free reign friend mm get the hammer all those misquotes
0: no, my... <laughs> not, bad, not
1: bad also um,
0: think about you know for some people no, gamers, I if their ps3 revolts that's their best friend isn't it So i'm a bit of a boomer what are they on now ps5 i don't know pc master race all that but yeah if you can buy one of them yeah. We've got, uh, it's it's
1: updated. nuclear uh... zomb- nuclear zombie machine because like machine if it like follows because we're all basically taking here if we're following like sci-fi tropes right yeah in the sci-fi that folks, gonna suck yeah they never you know, the good guys never won like only Hollywood makes like humanity beat like the Terminators I mean, unless you can literally technically believe win in, I- in Mass Effect Mass Effect's oh, like the one that gets close enough but yeah, that's even, loads, even then that's I mean, a bad there's, ending there's, there's yeah. loads of them like Ian M. Banks had all those situations where they won and stuff as well but like it's first of all it's ultra harrowing Second of all, unless you believe in the idea of like the actual like human like spirit and its ability to like resist like apocalypse then yeah humans are just fucked
0: yeah i'm not a big believer in things as ethereal as spirit on a sort of global level you know i think some people have more spirit than others and i'm not sure that the accumulation you should, you should watch today. more narrator
2: that, that, that'll it, teach you yeah i should
0: well hey i'm the i'm the narrator expert on this podcast okay as let's get determined. that let's get that clear uh yeah i'm probably going zombie apocalypse just because in my head like i'm one of these people who just needlessly plans out these scenarios anyway and just thinks, what would i do and you know I don't want too many people getting the same idea as me or my idea does in fact collapse, but I'll just put it this way. I'm going to Canary (laughs) Wharf and stealing a boat and yeah, uh, you can work out the rest. So anyway, moving on to, you know, what has been in some people's eyes, a bit of an apocalypse of an off season, poor Mr. Upset, possibly without a team. I would say though, before I say anything else, everything we're going to talk about today, obviously huge caveat. They are rumours. They are not confirmed. I am not going to confirm them for you. And from this moment onwards, we're living in this hypothetical where all of these moves that have been reported have actually happened. So let's get that out of the way. Um, One thing I would add though, which isn't really leaking anything, but I do want this kind of said is I would say this off season, what you're going to happen and what happens every off season is teams will come out. They'll announce their rosters. They'll give some press release about how happy they are that they've signed X, Y, and Z. And this is the reasons why they went for this player, blah, blah, blah. This off season in particular You can shovel that shit where the sun don't shine. Like, none of these teams, or very few of these teams, got what they wanted. You would not believe the amount of deals that fell through and what was the first options for X team and Y team and all the rest of it. These are like some fucking Frankenstein monster forms, like yeah from from all the remnants they obviously chose the
2: zombie apocalypse yeah exactly
0: they're 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 zombie apocalypse enjoyers and yeah they're these are not the teams that were on everyone's list and i would just add a final thing to that which is it's one of those classics where you sweep around as i did and ask everyone you know my player maybe wants to come or whatever like what kind of roster are you looking at They're like haha our roster is this and i'm like "Hmm." Hmm, that's the exact same roster that every single other team in the league has shown me. Interesting. So you can imagine how these things go and play out and the power dynamics at work there. But anyway... Leaving that aside, I also don't want to inject any kind of like inherent bias in terms of like team strength and stuff like that. This is like not a tier list show, as it were. So I'm just going to go purely in alphabetical order here. And we're going to give our thoughts on the teams and on the individual moves themselves. And not necessarily, obviously, you will be able to read through the lines in in certain aspects, but we're not going to do like a straight up tier list or who's going to win. Right. So with that in mind, I would like to start with everybody's favorite org it is of course astralis uh so just to recap you people at home the rumored astralis list although i don't need to caveat anymore again we're living in our hypothetical now people keep up the astralis roster is finn in the top lane previously of xl 113 previously of k corp Previously of Australis from last season, Kobe and Yonghun as well, previously of Australis from last season. So, Nimera, looking at this rumoured roster, what is your first impressions? Does anything sort of stand out for you here? Does does anything
2: excite you here, or do you just kind of think, eh? This team is going to sorely miss Cersei. Um, I think this is a team which a lot of people, you go back to like when they were successful in summer. They really benefit from having someone doing a lot of like the early game jungle tracking, kind of bullying out with a good jungle matchup to kind of secure themselves into a point where they actually could get to a point where I felt like they were pretty good. Which was a lot of their skirmishing and team fighting. Realistically, um, I think particularly with Char-Chi on the roster as well, you know, they're a big team fighting team. I think that someone like Finn fills a similar role if that's what he was going to do. If he's continuing on that same role he had in Excel, where he's like he's playing a fairly confident. Um, self-aware weak side, where actually, you know, his team was very, um, uh, like, confident about the the way they played early game. It's like, look, you're not going to get any resources, but because you know where everyone is on the map, because we are tracking XYZ, you get to play to the limit of what the weak side is allowing you on this point. I don't think Finn's going to get the same situation in this Astralis roster, because someone like 113, I think... His K-Corp days are not the best example of what he can do in the early game, but if he is going to be on his K-Corp kind of form, he does a lot of very not quite as successful as malarang kind of plays but like it turns up in a place where actually he has no business being but it's not a winning place to do that and he has to bail out burn flashes dies or something like that the way that k-corp kind of got away with that is his lanes are so far ahead that sometimes it would lead into something kind of magic right because his players are just better at getting cs leads and just kind of brutalize lane matchups i don't think Astralis are going to have massively on paper winning lanes I don't think they have a massive pressure point across the map as well. And when you've got a bit more of an inexperienced LEC level and then um, quite coin flip early jungler, this team's going to have a lot of stuff to work out. Uh, that's my, So it's a lot of negative, mm. but that's first thoughts.
0: Yeah, and I would actually say that Nymera navigated that very generously, particularly when it comes to 113. I think this guy is horrendous. But anyway, Kira, what are your thoughts on uh, Astralis?
1: If you're gonna be shit, you might as well be entertaining. And I think there's a lot of entertaining. well mate, if you are, if you're gonna just have like bad players on You your have team, such a way with words, friend. <laughs> yeah, I know. What they call it, you might as well have like interestingly like va- with variant bad players. Like so I've not watched many- much of the amateur team. I-, I have too much other things to watch, so I just cannot do it. But because Reckless was on the team and I wanted to see like what they before he was in and other ADCs that i have been told about from friends that do watch it religiously i watched or end up watching basically most of 113's games this guy has like imagine like tactical understanding of like adc like an na of how poor that is that's like 113 in jungle like this guy is on spectrum of like bad jungling that's like you people think i go hard on maurang but it's only because maurangs on like a top elite like trying to win first place like team right is fucking miles down the road from Malrang as well. Like, this guy. But it will be interesting. Having and Jehong will be an interesting pairing. And a little, a little detail, I wonder what you think about here for both of you. When I watched K-Corp, to begin with, I watched them trying to play through, like, Reckless' lane leads, and I watched them trying to play around Bot, and it basically just didn't work.
2: Nah, they had and to then, play around yeah.
1: And then they started playing around Cabo. What do you think of the idea that Finn is going to be Strong side in this team, and we're actually looking at taking jungle and support top most times or mid, and we're at, and it's, Kobe's going to be trying to do like a pseudo reckless with like wave controlling wave on his own, and you're actually playing towards Finn as a carry player. That's All where right. the way I see that team is. That's the way it's going to be.
2: I think they could play around either side of the map, like, in regards to that. I think, like, Finn has played with more resources before when he's been the clad player and whatever. And obviously, Kobi actually had a really good summer. Like, Kobi is yeah, genuinely yeah, very good. Yeah, I think yeah. we haven't seen that kind of level since he was last in Europe before, like, his NA stun. He kind of, like, mm-hmm. failed to find, find his form. So, like, I think there are ways that they could switch that up. But either way, you're going to have the same issue of, actually, you've got an ERL jungler stepping up to LEC, which is a very difficult task, with more rookie support as well trying to find a new synergy there with lanes which aren't going to give you that same degree of freedom um so that's obviously gonna be very difficult i do want one caveat in here though is that obviously we're talking a lot about 113 from k corp now i mentioned that he was on giants before that as well in the lvp the way that they really enabled 113 in that team was they had really really good level one plans um their analyst team was very good at look at preparing for an enemy team and saying look if they have this kind of draft, their jungler always stands here or the mid laner always stands behind this wall or something like that. And they can find ways to blow open the game early and kind of like give direction to 113's kind of like impulses to do something strange in the early game. Now, if Astralis can manage something like that, that's a caveat. I'm just not sure they have all the pieces to really put that together. And I don't really know what the backroom staff of Astralis is going to look like on that front either. But like, if they can control that, I actually don't mind which side of the map they play towards as long as like, they have like the early game kind of like snapping in the right direction.
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things to keep in mind with this team. One is that obviously, yeah, it's the same bot lane as last split, which did have some highs, some high highs. I think Hoon maybe not super, super consistent, but on his particular picks, obviously his pike, etc. Like he's was actually... Thing. Yeah, he was actually capable of even carrying games from that position. Kobe was very consistent and yeah, sort of peak Kobe or what has been peak Kobe, at least for the last few years. Uh, and as Nymera indicated, I was actually... Fairly hyped on 113 without having seen like loads of his games before K Corp. Before K Corp, 113 was super, super yep. high elo. He w- was looking really decent on Giants. And it was after watching a bunch of his games on K Corp and him emoting every time he right clicks where I was like, okay, well, this guy just, nah, I'm out. But I do think there are plus points to this team. It's not like all doom and gloom. And we also have to keep in mind that, yes, Xerxes gone. That's a huge loss. But Astralis were a playoff contender last split like they were right there until the bitter end so i don't think we can just be like haha this is like have fun in 10th place like who knows like there's there's some interesting variables and the last thing i would say is finn actually historically is known for his carry plays uh, carry champions so if they do play to top side there is a world where he can play at least some champions people mean that he's a bit of a two trick maybe arguably a three trick but i do think he can play some of the traditional carry champions sorry go on kira
1: no, but my point was around the efficacy of that like champion pool. When I think of like the XL lineup, it was best where um they could run the game through Patrick. And when I, I give a lot of credit to Finn for like backing off of like turrets and not being dove and then walking back into like XP range for like minions. When Finn was on carry rolls, I think as an LEC caliber player, he was a lot worse, and the team did not function as well. And just the. I've, the weird thing is, like, say this team, I don't think very highly of, like, d- DeJar, because we've not really spoken about him. Say that the mid laner was, like, I don't know, Magi Felix or something. I-, I can't really think of, like, someone off the top of my head to, like, input here. I think you would actually have, like, a very interesting, like, culmination of, like, players of what they want to do and how they're going to do it. But I don't actually... F- I don't actually think this team is going to like blend together that well in like spring yeah like they don't like they don't
2: necessarily all align on the same goals within a team on paper for yeah
1: and so I think it's gonna be really interesting to see if this team does like get its like shit together ever and have little like runs of forms or little runs of like idea because my ultimate adage in like League of Legends is and any sport actually is like know thyself do not pretend to be someone and do not be be people you are not. Astralis have to have a reflection on basically the quality of like their teammates and who what what they want out of this split and what is the best way to like get that. Because if I see like another like bottom tier LEC team just attempting to constantly copy and reiterate on what the top teams do again, I, I'll just be as bored as I was with like SK or like BDS or stuff like that. Like I actually don't want this Astralis, Astralis to do that. I want them to ramp, like, if you could have the variance bar, I want them to ramp it all the way up to, like, extremes. Because you might actually find something and find a footing that you, you, you never knew you had.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: But I, I don't know if they'll actually do that on Astralis. That's my, like, hope. But when I look at the players, I don't know if that happens. Yeah,
0: I think the problem with the, the roster overall is that even if things go in quite a favorable direction with with the flips like in terms of like the bot lane still performs well and the fin thing works and is cohesive or whatever there does seem to be a bit of a mini black i don't want to be too harsh but a mini black hole in mid lane as well and i think one of the reasons why you know someone like Xerxy was in such sort of high regard after the season was also because he was playing with Dayor. and it's like yeah, holy shit, hooker. he did that and he was playing with Dayor. Um, so yeah anyway moving on to one of kira's clearly favorite teams uh bds is the next team we're going to talk about here today um and for anyone who hasn't been following the sheep on twitter or any like uh similar like profiles the apparent lineup is adam returning to the top lane uh shio uh, and for those that don't know the core of this team is actually just the bds academy team academy, from last split yeah. Uh, and there were rumors that the entire team from Academy was just going to go in at one point. But I think they did the math in their head, realized if we can't even win our local region or EUM, that's probably not a great idea. Uh, so Shia, uh, Shio sorry, is the jungler. Nuclear Int returns in the mid lane. Crown Shot or Crowny is uh, back again playing Eddie Carey. And then... The boy, the world's greatest support player, my good friend, Mr. Labrov, is the only person who was not previously on BDS that's actually now signed to this team from Vitality, apparently. So, Nimera, first thoughts on BDS. I would lay down sort of the, the line here is obviously they were a 10th place team last split towards the end of summer they did get some really good like random well, wins at least a on paper 2-0
2: over g2 yeah somehow Beat right? even in like that yeah
0: yeah like so you know you can argue that a lot of these players were ramping up but again that's at this moment in time contextless so please add some context here like what do you think of this team do you think there were improvements from last split do you like the additions they've made and bringing adam back how do you how do you see this roster
2: also worth noting that I believe Grabs and Duffman have also left BDS. Correct. So they're changing coaching Allegedly well, correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well didn't no, didn't Grabs talk about that on Twitter? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember if that was. Okay, sure, whatever. It is whatever. So like so not not just changes on the pitch, apparently, but also yeah. off as well, in terms of coaching staff. Um so one of the things which I obviously they've brought up a lot of BDS Academy. They made it to the finals of eMasters, they made an undefeated run. Up until those finals, and then they lost three two to heretics um, so they were actually doing really well. They had specific styles of play that were doing very well in terms of um they drafted very heavily towards an Adam winning one v one matchup which gave them control over top side, and then they'd roll that into uh, very strong team fights through top side having like skirmish advantages which they've you know they've gained that through skirmishing um I think that is a difficult style to play with the rosters we have on paper across the entire LEC. I think that we went from, in this year, having basically one carry top laner in Broken Blade consistently, and then like a lot of other kind of like good top laners, but not playing towards pressure top lane. You had like a lot of your tank tops like Amne or or Finn or Wonder or whatever kind of playing Disruption, doing well within that role, but they weren't really going to contest a 1v1 matchup in topside. I think arguably we have like five or six now, this split, when we talk about that when the rest of the rosters come through. And these aren't going to be like ERL level, you know, top laners. Of course, you know, we've got like one of them coming up in in Sikenda, which we'll talk about later, I suppose. But like, there are a lot of actually very good top lane 1v1 players. So I think that if you're going to hinge around a style, which BDS Academy played um, through Adam kind of in the LFL and then the early stages of E-Masters, when you have to get that 1v1 lane lead, otherwise the map gets a bit, um, bit destabilized. I don't think that's gonna be a consistent win condition. And if you're gonna to play towards like mid jungle, like BDS played like last split, and it, uh, that was one of the problems that they had there too, actually. EU, despite its problems maybe in like support and top lane as overall roles, mid jungle actually, we had some really good ones comparative at the top end. I think that BDS, on paper, maybe in another region or another time with different rosters, I think this could work out because compared to Astralis, as, as Kyrie was saying, um, this is a team which, at least on paper, knows how it wants to play in regards to lots of topside agency, late game insurance on bot side. Maybe Lavrov can be a bit more of a more stable support compared to um, the support situation that BDS had this year, which is obviously not great. Limited Ote both struggling. I just think the style of play that they've committed to is just going to be really hard to pull off in EU. So I think that yeah. there's some bits going good for them, just not the right tapestry to weave yourself into.
0: I have a, So I have a theory on this, or it's not even really a theory. This is more like what I would do if I was sort of GMing uh, or coaching uh, BDS, I suppose. Because uh, to your point about Adam, the thing with Adam is I've seen this story before. And yes, I do believe he probably is better now than he was last time. But for those who don't remember, Adam was bodying loads of people on the way to winning EU Masters as a top laner, playing, uh, getting favourable drafts towards topside. And to, for me top lane and I've spoken with Otto about this a lot before and well yeah I won't say fully what he said but we believe that top lane is a very like gatekeepy role where you do actually have like every split it seems it's like you have these really great top laners in the ERLs and it's like oh my god if only this guy got this chance and the vast majority of the time these guys come up they either choke which seems unlikely to me or we just get a realisation that actually the ERL
2: regions as a whole don't have a great grasp of top lane and how to play. You have optimally. to learn how to play the game at LEC level. Yeah, and that's exactly. the same problem with a lot of junglers. And we have a lot of new top laners and junglers coming in. It is going to be a heck of a learning curve. Yeah, so... I
1: put a point on that. I'd say that LEC is historically bad around... around... Utilizing top lane,
2: yeah.
0: No, yeah, no, definitely. Um, but it's just I like do think in
2: 2019, yeah,
0: yeah, I do think that uh, Adam is probably better, and I think he is talented enough at the game that if he has rounded himself, then it could theoretically work. But to my overarching point. Mid's, again, a black hole here for me. I'm sorry. Like, maybe he's improved a lot. I don't know. But for me, it's a bit of a black hole. Shio, definitely willing to give this guy the benefit of the doubt, although he may run into similar problems. Really good poppy. Really good poppy in driving, But... I'm playing to bot side. If
2: I'm BDS, I play heavily to bot side. But um, well, Crownie didn't do that this summer. That's no. the thing. Crownie was late game insurance. And actually, his early game was really shit this summer yes, in a lot of ways, was. too. They were picking Caitlyn and still losing lane. Yeah, like So that's why I'm like, play towards top side, just insurance safe. So, side. I don't think that works at LEC level. There,
0: there, are, two, there are two things hit for me here, though, with this. One is when he was last in LEC on Vitality, they and everyone around the org him include like everyone was saying that basically this guy was just sacrificial lamb every draft and i think something s- s- sort of similar happened with bds even when he was in-, in academy and so on that in to a certain extent although to your caitlin point i can't really argue that like you should just win lane if you get caitlin maybe it's just bad at caitlin uh but i do think there's more opportunities here to have a dominant uh bot side and uh, not necessarily every game but i think they can do it and crowny if we go back a couple of splits, showed that he could play that style. Uh, I also think that the two support players that were jumping between LEC and ERL's limit, and yeah, dope, I think yeah. they're both fucking garbage. Uh, I think they're absolutely terrible. I think they're arguably not LFL level, let alone LEC level. And I think though loads of people have mixed opinions on just how good Labrov is or isn't, um, I think he is a massive upgrade. So... That to me is at a, least a more point stable, which yeah. is something they've needed. So right, yeah. So yeah. So Kira, what what are your thoughts on on this roster?
1: So again, I went back and watched some of the games, but I did not watch jungle, so I have really for jungle. Right, so I don't really have much of an opinion on this guy. But if like upset and Adam, are like the people that are most deserving to have, uh, get to be on like um, LEC teams for what like ever reason based on their like performance. Nuclearin is the person that should not be on an LEC team remotely. Shouldn't be allowed anywhere near it. That, I'm pretty sure one of my friends counted it out. That this guy's now had more games in LEC than leader. That might be wrong, but if that is true, that is fucking mental. That's this, true, i think Okay, so that that instantly just tells you you have a massive fucking problem inside of how, in terms of how you're evaluating men. And if the end result was it's like you couldn't get anyone, or if you chose to have nuclear on the team, I think that's fucking insane. Um, bot side. So Adam, like, yeah, I actually do agree. The top lane role probably better across it's the different aggregate.
2: role compared to this year. Like, it's more carry, th- maybe less experience, but th- the role. problem
1: is, is that is that top lane in Europe has always met a contextual because if this if we end up with the preseason, season we just see millions of, like, Malphite, or Zach, Sage, top lane, right? Then, instantly, Adam's a very different player yeah, than... Right. So, there's two sides to this, you know? Like, we could have, like, the Adam, you know, that, like, is able to get top lane advantages and pressure them, or we could have an, an Adam that's playing champions that he's historically not very good at. Uh, I think Crowny's one of the most, like, known, like... Constant like known like variables and like all of like LEC of like who is going to be and what is going to be good at the mainly supposedly a shot caller but anyway um or like By the way, sorry just a and teams, just a you know quick know?
0: interjection did he change his name back.
2: It's crowny uh, currently. I don't know whether it's crown. That's what I was. In the okay, so of so console. the
0: the deep dive law for people that don't know, I feel a bit bad saying this. No, oh, fuck it, I will say it anyway. So basically, his name was originally crowny, but then people in solo queue kept calling him crowny the Downy, which really triggered him. So he changed his name to Crown Shot. Good,
2: good one, solo queue.
0: Yeah, keep it classy. But then people started calling Always him the best. Crown Shot the downshot. So he was like, Ah, fuck. So, yeah, uh, obviously, you know, massive five play heads by the solo queue community is always. But no, I'm I'm, I'm just looking at it like um, because someone else said it to me during the off season. I was like, oh, I,
2: I, I wasn't aware of it if it has changed.
0: But and now he's written it down as that. So now I'm just thinking, oh, maybe he's actually changed it back. I, I, to be honest, I really? hope he has, because I think the best thing you can do with stupid shit like that is just own it and ignore it and just power through and people yep. just won't be able to get you with it anymore. Yeah, um, like, why so cool, cool like, did you need change? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's cool. If he has changed it back, because I think that actually did affect him in the past. So if he's just giving a finger no to it now, that that's pretty cool. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Go on, Kira
1: No, it's okay. Um. So the other thing here is when I look at like the botley, like a lot of this team's like not like strength. But like it's a ability to like contend for either like mid-table or be an actual like team is kinda gonna be like this Crimshot Labrov like dynamic in my opinion. Because there's a be a massive reshuffle in the ADC support pairings yeah. um in EU. And last season, the ability to execute on specific lane like 2v2, so we had like Lucian Name, we had all the Yumi combos, we had a there are only and that.
2: two bot lanes were just staying intact from this,
1: year. yes. So the ability for this team really comes down to how well can Labrov and Crowney execute the what are going to be the iconic 2 v whatever they are, the iconic like 2v2s. Because if you can get if you can have like a, the Adam. Theoretically, winning top side.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe not as much as LFL. And then you can have a possibly winning like bot side. Then you then possibly have the ability to then only be focusing on one losing consistently losing lane, which would be uh, a nuclear round. <laughs> I don't know, you guys who need to tell me about what you think of Shiro and how he, she is well, she he's he's top
2: ERL jungler, top yeah. ERL jungler, very intelligent. Not the person that's going to be playing all of your carry junglers and being 100 CS ahead. He's not always going to be the person that like outskirmishes and outplays all of the time, but he does have a consistency of finding himself in the right place at the right time. And this is particularly uh, seen on stuff like Jarvan and Poppy that impact the game early, at least what we saw in, in summer. Yeah, he was a real factor coming into e finals and stuff like that. I think he was one of the players that we really focused on. Because if you are going to play towards a topside centric style, which is typically what BDS Academy did back in spring, of course that was a little bit different because actually that was when Carani actually was a pressure point. Um, he was playing the fellows and being crazy far ahead. It really was in summer where they said, "Look, you're going to be on late game insurance. You're playing topside," and showed it really well at that style. I am a little bit worried that they didn't bring up Rika because he was really good. And obviously we saw he should have gotten got another tra- He
1: should have got another chance. Yeah,
2: but like Rika was really good at just playing stuff like. Well, he went through a real evolution where he tried to play a lot of like. Early mages, well, a lot of mages which scaled up, they didn't really work for them. So he played a lot of shoving roam champs like Talir or whatever. And that worked really well because they could impact top lane more. And then once he kind of found his ground on that sense, he went back to the scaling mages, still managed to find skirmishes and played really well through E Masters. So I'm really surprised that if they're going to commit towards the BDS Academy style, which is typically around this topside 3v3 or whatever, um, why didn't they bring up the player which has spent this split actually being very successful with that? Um, especially when the nuclear as you said, has had his own struggles. Yeah, he had like one or two games in summer. There was one Ari game, I think that was versus G2, We had a really pop-off performance, but like yep. that's like only a couple of games. It is few and far between. I don't think it's consistent enough to really put eggs in that basket. Yeah. The, and we'll the
1: see. other thing, just a po- little point about Riker, because my friend pointed out to me, because I was someone that was saying that Riker shouldn't be on Mad because of how Mad went to play with ga- the game yes. and because yeah. of a lawyer, right? And he made a really good point to me, where in his rookie split, and I know he is playing in the LEC, so he's playing in the premiere. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. he played nine unique champions in the summer in the spring splat alone. Nine unique champions like across the full splat. That I feel like that's really, really high for
2: one every other game. Yeah. Yeah. For a rookie, right? I feel so like he didn't play in the playoffs, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I feel
1: like that was insanely high, and I've been told...
2: I will say been... a lot of that is because he couldn't find a champion to find consistent success on. Because, like, he played, he tried to play like the Renekton, and the Aurelias, they kind of failed. It's like, well, you're back on Victor Azir. Um, mm-hmm. More meji stuff. I think there was a lot of soul searching and like, what can we actually I don't think yeah. he
1: played it, but I've okay, got it up there. But uh, so you played like Twisted Fate and that. But I do get your point. And I do see that. Like, yeah, that. Oh is yeah, also, they just like, stuck on TF
2: in the last Super Week and they went three yeah. and yeah, I remember that. Yeah
1: yeah,
0: yeah, 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 that was good. And yeah. then so- they were like, aha, who else plays TF?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was an upgrade. That, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, like, uh, mm. in terms of like people who have gone like, looking t-shirt.
2: for it, yeah, that's pretty
1: yeah, that's that. That's my main um, criticism, and the coherence of the team. You know, I I don't know. I just see it made so much more sense to me than having Nuclear in, who as uh, a very seems to be because he came from the Shulk team. So yes. this is his fourth split.
0: Third. Mm, so, uh, well, this will be his fourth split. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's the he's a known quantity, right? He's yeah. not going to just get,
2: right? Everything's a little bit cloudy since I, before I stepped foot in the studio, and I'm like, wow, I remember everything from this. year. I'm like, wait, Nuclearence, Schalke, what are these teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah but so... didn't he
0: come, I uh, could be wrong, I think he, he could, I'm not he sure. He could have came midway through. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he played the entire split. I think. It's, the thing oh, he's he a known quantity. But
2: yeah.
1: He's like, like Crown A, you're not going to expect Crown A to just be fucking like, No, they're like on, on the, the cusp of
2: LEC, right? Struggle to yeah. find their feet here, but like, obviously good in ERL standard yeah so i would say G-
0: no i would say for crowny though he did have a legitimate very good
2: split on sk yeah on sk right yeah time. when yeah. he was playing a lot of jinx and stuff like that yeah. yeah for sure he's had that those moments before i
0: think the the issue the main issue i have with this split is you, or with like the best case for bds it's mm-hmm. kind of like the best case is if they end up doing something like what misfits did where you're like ah you don't really trust anything but there's some carry pockets on this team where in individual games they can just win through adam having a monster game and being that kind of wild card, or uh, the bot lane is good enough, on paper at least, to get ahead and get you a couple of games. As I said,
2: you know... Uh... It's like, if if Adam can play, like, Fiora, Set, nah, or, like, just the Set, Nah, they're more his kind of champions, if you can just play them, that's probably fine, actually. Mm. As long as, like, he's able to get something, like to be a side lane threat into a tanky matter, if it that good does go that way. I think they'll like that's something you can still play around.
0: This, this well, to from, me, is... And, oh,
1: sorry,
0: no. I was going to say, this, to me, it kind of goes back to what Ny- Nymeris has said before, which is, ultimately, I think this team lives or dies with Shio, and I don't mean that everything's on his shoulders. I mean, he is an unknown quantity who was good on the ERLs, what can you do at this level? Because if you come in as a top five jungler, let's say, which is obviously a massive if, but if he does do that, the team looks completely different. If you have someone who's savvy enough to know how to play with a mid laner like Nuclear in, <coughs> basically ignore them and put them onto fucking control mage, wave shit, and then play towards your strong side, either with Adam or every now and then enable bot side, this could be a playoff team, like legitimately, or I shouldn't say playoffs, you know, with the restructuring, it could be a top six team like that makes GSL every split kind of thing, like there, there are angles here at least. I don't think this team's like completely doomed, um, in my opinion. But yeah, just, so, so sorry, go on. Yeah, oh,
1: sorry. i was just gonna say just one last thing. To like, um, re re, re- right here. When and rule of thumb in LEC, if you if a team has two la- losing lanes consistently, then even uh, they have all the auxiliary things that make them great, they just generally will not do anything. Sure. Like, just as a rough rule of thumb, you they're They're very rare and far between
0: and I think this team could have two lanes that can win when. not necessarily every time but i think bot lane could go even in a lot of matchups yeah. i think adam is def- adam's definitely capable of beating even lec level tops in certain matchups
2: he yeah is, and the right like drafts and the right situations so, yeah. so yeah.
0: it's it's not it's not beyond the pain. integrating
2: yet. that top jungle and getting to learn the lov- learn the game at an lec level is going to be key doing that with the changing coaching stuff that's happening it knocks a couple of points off for me but yeah i mean the the pieces are there they have to fall into place I would just, yeah, the final thing I would just add is like,
0: obviously, coach is one of the hardest things to judge holistically as a fan Mm. or a spectator or whatever. The reputation, at least, is that Grabs is not really a, he's like an ex, supposedly an excellent mediator, good at dealing with egos and getting everyone on the same page and organization and all this kind of stuff. I think this team needs someone they're not managing Excellent. super yeah they're not managing superstar egos here you would think who knows about him but you would think it's mainly people who want to prove themselves want to do well they need a coach I, I thought going that was well one of
2: coaches. the pgls one of the pgls i think um uh, grabs us on there saying actually yeah it was really difficult managing these uh, ma- managing the players in terms of like their attitudes towards scrims and then the egos mm. and stuff like that so well I that's a problem maybe they true. do have to deal with that if that's true that <laughs> yeah. is a problem because this team <laughs> oh, has not no. earned the right to be prima donna yeah there was, there was a pgl like that that is on the record that's not me saying yeah, shit sure. behind like the scenes or whatever like there was a post game lobby and one of the things where grabs was like yeah as soon as we we're out of playoffs or whatever like the like the team dynamic kind of fell apart that was obviously with the old roster and we'll see what happens if they a change in that but
0: maybe yeah. they've now been humbled somewhat if any of them are still on the team so maybe, maybe. anyway moving on to uh Fnatic. so Fnatic is Wonder Razork, Humanoid from last split. Same top side as last split. And then, no one would have predicted this. Like, before the rumors started or whatever, if you had pulled every fan in Europe and you say, you know, like with World Pickens or whatever, guess the Fnatic bot lane next split, no one would have said Reckless Rocks. That is just so random, apart from anything else. And maybe indicative of something I spoke about earlier that may have been in play here. Anyway, so... Kira, I'm gonna start with you on this one. Uh, what the hell is with this team? What do you think of this team? Do you like the pieces that they kept? Do you think they should have kept these pieces? Uh and what do you think of the bot lane?
1: So, uh okay. Quickly through it. I think keeping the top side of the map is really good. I think you've seen why the top side of the map needs to be taken seriously at worlds. Um obviously just a very quick
0: push. Yeah, sorry. Just very quickly to push you back on that, push back on that before to play devil's advocate here. Why is it that you think that Razork has justified staying on Fnatic? Why are you happy he's still there from a Fnatic? Because when
1: humanoid, because well, because when humanoid sorted out his game and and like his consistency, and then enabled Razork's consistency to become like to get up. Because when humanoid was facilitating in par with Razor's decision making and not being punished for like the most insane like you know not seeing a Hecarim on a ward and dying, seeing a Nautilus on a ward and dying and so he was able to facilitate Razor's ability to track jungle a little bit like Xerxes did you know you've seen uh, Razor on like Poppy where he would like constantly harass and fight the enemy jungle and like track them extremely well. I think these are all good really really good things for the way that Fnathia wants to play the game. The only thing I would comment on Razor is his comms are probably, I don't like to like, go into areas I'm not a like, thing of, but like when you hear those like mic checks, you know what I mean? I've never heard a player whose comms, because I've not listened to them all, never heard a player whose comms are as bad as Razorks. They're awful. They're on like, stratus- they're stratus, it's just fucking madness. They are panic central. Cl- let's be honest. Yeah, they're re- yeah, it's really, really cluttered, you have no idea what's going on, and it's really, really demanding. And it sounds like he's. It'll be like one killing river, and it sounds like the game is going to end if this person doesn't die like right now, and his game's going to be unplayable. But anyway, um, I think Wonder was probably like a lot better from was like G two days. He had like a good champion pool. He basically played almost entirely like a weak side top lane. Um, That's the Wonder...
2: problem I've got though. Pretty much oh, not- entirely played weak side top mm. lane, and that was a problem because when it came down to the Cloud9 draft and ran to your groups, they looked at Wonder and said, he's not going to play anything anti-tank. They ended up picking a trundle and a tank top side, and it's like, well, now you're going to play double tank into a trundle and a better tank. You have lost this draft. I would literally put down the reason Fnatic lost that game to Cloud9 as being too predictable about their top lane champion pool there. Now, I think that's a part of the role he played for the team, and we know he can play carries. He's one of the best carry players in the yeah. world. Well, in the West, definitely, in 2019. But that's not what he's done on Fnatic. And that'd be what, the, like, just the hair Did they I also get you in that player.
1: game?
2: Uh, I can't remember that exact game, but, like, they played, like, toward. There was a point where it was, like, on 2-3, and they didn't lock in Trundle, and then Cloud9 locked uh-huh. in, like, on Trundle, and, like, you, you have lost. You don't play sure. anything that can build I, this topside.
1: <laughs> I I I'll do agree with that conjecture, but the the hilarious thing is, I think Fnatic lost every single game to Unit at Worlds. I don't that know if that be, was. One... Oh
2: yeah, that was something like that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and I think that might have been one of those Yumi games, but you, like okay. But wait, right, one um, one very quick thing um, though
0: before before you go on on, on this, because I think this is yeah. really interesting. Two things that really annoy me about Wonder, not him specifically, but just in terms of things that surround him. One that Fnatic social media team like just keeps calling him the weak side king, which is super cringe when everyone no, he's knows. He's a carry player. Yeah, exactly. Do people
2: forget like 2018, it's... 2019 G2? 2018 was entirely Wonder, Camille split push ends the game. Like oh, yeah. it was entirely him. 2019, yeah. the pike top, yeah.
0: It's so weird. It's one, because it's just never really been true until this split. And also two, if I'm Wonder, I'm just like, oh, please stop doing it. Because you have literally the weak side king is in your league and he plays and everyone calls him the weak side king. And it's like, you are worse at that role than him at that but when you're playing well on carries you are probably the best top lane carry we've ever seen in the west so it's super weird that that's become like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost where fanatic mm. social media team even is talking about like him playing weak side it's like dude i remember this guy from being like the most flexible champion ocean can play anything including all the most extreme carries to now playing weak side so i think i do think that's like a really good point that you both sort of touched on and i would like to see that change presuming that he's capable of doing so this coming time i think it needs to it actually. gives him so much more flex and you've got reckless who is the weak side king of ad carry if he needs to be you can literally even just abandon that's... him Rocks can fucking fuck off from lane and just leave him on his own so yeah but sorry carry carry on kira no that's
1: right. so like you've seen like humanoid as a mid laner so like obviously like summer was like summer regular split was like really bad um, he still had like outrageous like efficiency of like gold to like damage but he the, that doesn't really tell a story he was getting like caught out a lot yeah, he, he was creating like yeah he like he was, he was creating game scenarios because you're lane that are like untenable and other people in the team were being punished The same to be said for like botting there was something crazy like on red side every single game Razork like finished pathing like bot like at bot turret but they hadn't actually dived the the turret like once right and it was just like they were basically just covering like the bot lane like every single game, and he didn't actually like need to be there. I don't think upset like deserved in brackets um to be removed from the team, but if he was like part of like the thing in Fnatic that was basically demanding that Razor be there like all the time, and then constantly like play around bot no matter what the rest of the map state is, then that is like problematic. You now have Reckless on the team, and Reckless is like what only one of the only players that. Have At a world class level, can affiliate in uh, a top lane carry style, top side carry. But when he was on G two and he tried to do that, Wonder was bad and he fucked up loads, and it wasn't worth it. Um, So now you've got you're attempting to do this again, and will we see Wonder playing carries? Is it going to be a tank meta? Is this a tank meta? I was really surprised to see Keijo saying stuff like he wasn't sure what like lane you can play through because I feel like you can play through Humanoid, I feel like if the players like understand the concept you can play around bot, I feel yeah. like you can play through all the la- like all the different lanes it's just if the players know that they are going to be able to do that It's Sorry, really I mean, funny you mention just...
2: that though because like obviously I've been in my own little echo chamber I've been doing a lot of streams thinking about a lot of LEC changes and stuff like this and I have also independently worried about Fnatic and which lane are they going to play through? Because Wonder this year, particularly when you look at even stuff like play when you tried to play the Fiora, didn't actually capitalize on the resources he was given. Reckless and Calming Core as well, and also, you know, he's a bit more of a known quantity. He's not going to be the upset kind of player where if he demands resources, he will smash lane with it and the game is pretty much over at that point. You're still looking to end the game through superior team fighting after that point, where things can get a little bit more questionable, right? Because team fights, anything can go wrong at that point. Um, so for me, typically the meta has been played towards one side of the map it's been harder to play through mid lane or rather even when you are playing through mid lane you then use mid lane to go somewhere else so think of the rng style where there's a really good example of the first rng gen g match in group stage at worlds where it was like one gank onto xiao who's lissandra and suddenly he's completely unlocked mid jungle roam across the map and they go wherever they want to and they just steamroll the game at that point you can do it that way, but that's not necessarily what Fnatic have been doing in terms of like, having Humanoid on Playmaker, Silas, Ari, LeBlanc, in terms of, lot of the, um, the parts of the year where they were doing very well. They've been doing on scaling mages, so he'd be very, very good at like, leave him alone on an island where he can just like, have the lane state in a good moment for his victor or something. And then you go bot lane, because actually, that's the part, part, side of the map you want to play towards. I don't think you can do that with this roster because Reckless isn't going to explode that bot lane. And if Wonder is going to continue on actually his more recent run of form in terms of actually, if he is on carries and demands those resources, not actually capitalizing on it. I think the map actually is a bit lacking for people actually calling for resources. So removing some like upset, I think actually stops you having an obvious place to go. And yes, there are problems with that because being too obvious in League of Legends tends to mean you have an appropriate response thrown at you and that's bad. But if you don't have anywhere to put the resources, you're still stuck at square one but so i think did, they would, would just oh, go oh.
0: they they will so in my mind if i'm just thinking purely logically and i'm not analyzing any of the personalities in the team or something like that i mean you just give humanoid what he needs to win it's my like default approach and then my secondary thought if the is meta that,
2: support's that awesome it's sure. just this year it's been a bit less i do like think
0: that. i do feel like mid lane though is almost always in meta to be ca- a carry role like almost always there's just like a few thi- i remember you know back it's when Faker that, was though, playing, moving to like, the advantage sure but I remember when Faker's playing like Lulu mid and fucking Ezreal and stuff like this, where it was like a, a b- bit more facilitative. But generally, I think... Season Riot, seven, baby. Yeah, I think Riot wants mid to be a carry role. And I think Humanoid can play enough things that he will be able to carry a lot of games regardless of meta unless something extreme happens. And Reckless, I just trust in general. Not necessarily to always be played through every game. That's not even his playstyle. But he, to me, is like a constant that I do trust despite... Yeah, some things not being ideal on Carmine Court, but I do think that team was just inherently flawed um, uh, since they changed jungler. And Wonder is the one I don't trust. Wonder, and the reason I don't trust Wonder is um, loads of historical precedents that he can do all these things, or whatever. But because of the timeline that happened last year and when he was put in positions where he could, you know, counter pick carries and stuff like this, and he never did. And the whole constantly playing tanks and weak side, I just have to assume there's a, at least a decent chance that wonder is dead. The wonder who can actually just play everything and play carries as good as he plays weak side and all this kind of stuff. I have to assume there's at least a chance that's dead. So I agree. There's like loads of uncertainty surrounding it. Like it, It's not like you look at it and say, ha ha, the puzzle's just completed in an instance. But my default would be, well, Humanoid. Humanoid's my best player, in my opinion, on that team. And, I think that's fairly easy to say. Yeah, and I think he has the, a great ability to play carry champions. So unless he gets completely screwed by meta which none of us can be sure of or predict at this point, I, th- I think that's that's the condition. But, what yeah. I will we'll, say, we'll
2: Rux has such a good spot to learn so much in this team. Look at the <laughs> amount of experience this guy is surrounded by. I think there are some teams which... Um, Not college, we'll <laughs> like, <laughs> No, but seriously, no, but this, when you look at a player like, say, Marcoon in XL, like, this year, right, I think that he performed as well as he did because he was surrounded by talent that he could end up learning from. And you had teams like BDS, which didn't have that experience to kind of um, cross-pollinate or whatever, like people people teaching each other to actually teach them how to play at an LEC level, which is going to be a continuing theme, because I think some of these players are really going to have to learn that. I think that Rux can really do that from Fnatic. If anyone has won, like in terms of individual player, I think Rux is going to learn so much from this move. And if he can become like a real top tier LEC support, maybe not in the first split or whatever, maybe towards the end of the year. Yeah, maybe that changes things for this team too.
0: Oh, there we go. Sorry, I so, lost you for a second so can
1: there. I, yeah, can I on. interject? So I actually find the ideal for this team, unironically, is to play through jungle. Through, like, Razork and through jungle. But there's the, in brackets, that could be fucked because of the way they've changed jungle yes. and your ability to farm it. It might not be because of how much they've amped jungle damage. So, junglers counter-jungling other junglers might still be viable, unless so laners. But as we, and we will find out in time but I would have actually liked to have seen them attempting to lay, um, enable um, Razork, um in a big big way. Here's the thing when Reckless has been at his like best okay like his best as like a, a player a piece player it was always his ability to control wave states um, 1v2 1v1 um, with like in certain matchups and allow his support to roam right do you think given that space on the map and uh, Rux is going to know what to do.
0: Here's here's the thing. So I actually have some insight in, into Rux beyond just watching games, or whatever. So first of all, I watched every single game that Rux played this year because I had clients on Fnatic, the Fnatic Academy teams. So I watched all of their games. I would say if you're if you just watch the games, Rux was not even a top three support in LVP for me. Like as a pure player, I think he actually got kind of low key carried in certain points as well. Or not carried. That's unfair. But like his shortcomings or his willingness to do certain things that a complete support player would do were covered or band-aided by the advantages that some of the other teammates had on the map. What I would say though, is having spoken to a lot of people in Fnatic about this guy, um, apparently his intangibles are like off the charts good. Apparently he's like, that's... Super... well, apparently yeah, his them. comms are insane um, and very good in the context of laning and outside of lane he's very good for the environment and he's const- like t- team environment and he's constantly checking in game and out in game like what people need how can he facilitate like he understands that the support role is in its purest form like a facilitating role yeah. and his mindset is all about how can i facilitate these other people to get ahead what is the most optimum thing i can do and it's dozen not good
2: players to do that for actually
0: yeah, exactly and he has people in uh, who have certain sort of S tier ceilings in multiple positions of different aspects of their game and I could see a world where he is actually a very good fit I could also see a world where he's just simply not good enough and it doesn't work out just a passenger yeah but I think I think the intangibles are relevant and they're not just purely speculative like I have had extended conversations about what this guy's like and I'm not going to go into like way too many details because some of them as well are borderline just tactic sharing if I did but I think he I think he is just it's going to be interesting to see if he can able enable these kind of people I also think he's very good on paper to accompany reckless because reckless was never really if we're honest someone who looks to just grab hold of a matchup and dominate the 2v2 and go for 2v2 kills and stuff like this you wouldn't get that from rux anyway but what rux is very good is making sure that he can actually like the there is a window for him to leave lane and leave reckless on, on his own which reckless is very accustomed to anyway and getting around the map and helping the people that need help and a very good judge of what that is without getting info back he can read the map and see jungler really needs me here to create pressure and make sure that he's not getting countered. or mid actually there's an, the window here i can go mid and actually just get him super head and win the game for the humanoid or whatever so i i think it's it's an interesting one even though it's a very underwhelming one for for the average fan i would say at this point
1: so if you're to describe rocks to me do they have good support jungle side or
0: yes i mean the right. thing the thing with razork is as you said like i'm a kind of less convinced of, of this dynamic necessarily with razork the thing that made razork work in his heyday or silly to say heyday but the best split he had was when he was actually synergizing with the D- vto right it wasn't even about it, it, jungle support it was classic jungle mid synergy so i can't comment on how razork would be on that side but yes i think rocks keeps up his and end like when bar,
1: he, I mean. when he was, when it was like appropriate to do so was there, was his like mid rooms good to like help like mid like fix when lane, lane stays bring a numbers advantage be on like the right side of the map Win, like, I, I, think, I would say this because in all summer... these types of things if they've not happened then i'm not sold and i'm going to um to learn them like very very quickly you either know like either know those like Targamas, when we think about target mass, we didn't I, I you've seen obviously a progression of i'm getting better and like, i'm getting more consistent and executing. okay but like it, like target had like the hallmarks of them being there i i from what i've been told and from what i'm like being insinuated to me here is like those things don't exist from rocks and it's basically just because he's a great guy and he's got lots of intangibles that he'll he'll either be able to be told how to do these things or he'll like learn them because he's really open to learning and helping out the team concept right but good guys like don't always just make like good players sure it's it's a yes and no it's a yes and
0: no thing though it's like in spring There were definitely times where you could see him doing these kinds of things, and I have to assume that he was a big part of those decision-making. Admittedly, in summer, less so, but you have to understand that whole team was a mess in summer internally. Like, I really don't think it's fair to just look at his most recent summer games and be like, ha, see, he cannot do this
2: concept. Like, I think there were lots of other factors at play, so... And yeah. I think that the Fnatic main team has had its own issues there too, right? From from what we've heard in, in the community and whatever. And maybe, yeah, maybe having a bit more of a facilitative personality who is very communicative uh, could help. I think it was Yamato saying that there were a lot of quiet players on Fnatic. Actually having a communicator can help with that. And at the very least, what I'll say in terms of like wrapping up my, my kind of Fnatic overview is that I think that they are of a stock to do very well individually. And I think that will see them up into at least mid-table. I think that even though there are maybe some issues about their vision of the game, and how they actually want to play as a cohesive unit in terms of they all agree on the same way to play the game, playing through certain roles, playing through certain early game macro or something. Maybe that's something they have to work out through the year, but I think on a basic level, individual players looking good. I think that they have a consistency with with rocks over Hilly because Hilly did have a very poor summer, especially in regards to his own high standards. I think that Fnatic are still confidently mid-table it's really just seeing if they can get all the pieces to fit in the right way which we're going to say for a lot of these teams there's a hell of a lot of changes to see if they can actually push for top table
0: and keep in mind the coach is crusher who was the academy coach last season which raises two points one holy shit awesome if you watch spring because fanatic had insanely fast read on the meta and were able to execute concepts in the game uh, that but were... then they
2: didn't have that eu masters yes so... no
0: but the meta mm. you'll remember the meta switch just before eu masters they they if they set well yeah again uh insider info mm. i guess but they they completely bungled eu masters meta they had no idea what they were doing and this was my going to be my second point eu masters and oh, summer oops. is <laughs> that uh that, that you can say well maybe this isn't a good thing because it's like, oh, fucking hell, he looked like Pep Guardiola in spring. But then as soon as they were asked to change meta, EU Masters, and then going into summer, it was a disaster. And yes, there were other internal things at play, but the drafts were awful. They had no idea what the meta was from that exact point that Nymerah said o- onwards, all the way through summer. They never got it back. They found the holy grail of of drafting a meta during spring and the millisecond it was flipped and they were asked to adapt, it failed. And you do have to at least put some of that on the coach or at least have it raise question marks. So yeah, I mean, it, it, that he's, that's going to be an interesting one as well from a coaching perspective. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the next team. Alphabetically will be G2. So G2, uh, again, all these teams have made, I don't think there's a single team that's made fewer than two changes, maybe in three changes. Um, G2 is Broken Blade, Yike, who was previously on LDLC, who won back-to-back LFLs, I believe, and also won at least one EU Masters title. Uh, they won Spring EU Masters. Um, Caps, of course, Hansammer, and Mickey X in the bot lane. So, yeah, really interesting one here. I think some surprises. What What are your first thoughts on this this
2: team, Nymero? What do you think? I when have... So many thoughts. I, I had them on video specifically just on G2 because I think there's so much to dive into about this team. In some ways, they have exactly the opposite problem of Fnatic in the way that I was talking about them in regards to you. Fnatic have not an obvious area of the map to play towards. G2 have everyone that wants resources or a certain way to play through them. I know that Caps was playing a bit more of a facilitator in large parts of spring before their playoffs run. But if you look at like Broken Blade, very much resource-heavy topside in the, in a lot of the ways that they're very successful. You know, he's versatile enough, but sure, definitely likes to have his resources. Hansama, another player that has been played towards through heavy 2v2 as well. Um, but you look at the way that Yike plays, the way that Yike stands out the most to me as um, an ERL jungler, and for those of you that don't know, this guy was like the hottest prospect on the ERL market for most of the year. I think if you're going to name like an overall ERL player of the season, it probably would be Yike, even though he didn't win either E-Masters in spring or summer. And for me, the most um, impressive thing that he did was how he consistently managed to affect mid lane and set mid lane up for success. And that's awesome when you've got caps. When you've got two other carries on the other sides of the map, though, to play through, I'm there like, there are too many places to be. And especially as an ERL jungler trying to, you know, acclimatize to the LEC mm-hmm. style, in terms of actually you need to be very versatile. Not every game is going to play out to your ERL style where you're actually just playing around mid lane or whatever. I'm a little worried for how they integrate Yike, but if that works, they have so much carry potential. I'm really excited for this team on paper, as long as they can figure out what they're doing with Yike. Because if you actually get a, Yikes, a, a Yike-Caps-Mickey combo, where very much like LDLC and in the ERLs, they can set up their mid lane for success, and just have, just have a look at Wrecking Ball going through the map. I think G2 could genuinely be title contending with this roster, but it really depends on how they high-roll with Yike or not.
0: And just before I throw it over to Kira, the rumored G2 trying to get El Yoya thing. Would you rather have seen
2: them with El Yoya, or do you rather this iteration? No, I wouldn't, actually. Because El Yoya is a player that famously has his lanes play for him. And he's awesome, one of the best in Europe, when he has a jungle advantage and can play through individual strong jungle style. Whereas what G2... And this is a very historic thing. um, I remember even back in... 2019 worlds i think it was when or 20 yeah, 2020 worlds actually maybe when it was the very famous carry jungle style very much coming into its ascendancy when you had like canyon best player in the world playing farming junglers g2 tried to play that for like the first week of groups and then the second week of groups is like screw that we're playing volley bear instead or something like that and they just play towards no jungle is playing for lanes again because when you have players like caps and then you know more modern iteration you've got players like um broken blade or as well. These are players which you are very much rewarded for playing towards, and I think Yike, though he does have an ability to play towards himself and stuff like Balberth, has been great at tracking enemy jungler, great at playing for his lanes. I think actually stylistically, that's more what G2 wants, even if Lior I think is probably just the best jungler in Europe. Fair enough. What, what do just you on think? on a different style. Yeah. What do you what do you think about this lineup, Kira? Does
1: Yike talk?
2: uh I presume he has the ability to use vocals.
0: No, but you
1: know what I mean. I think no, the I... thing is, what I would say is
0: that uh, a, a small misread, which probably gives you some other interesting information, is that Ica won the LFL MVP in summer, and I think that's actually Yikes' award. I think that...
1: Exactly. It's exactly what I was saying that's, as well. Yeah. Jake wins Iker's Ike's lane. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. But does, does, does Jake talk? Does he come? Do I mean, I, I, don't, I don't
0: know, but I have to assume that's yes, fine. also on that basis. I think it's impossible to have a synergy that good where you literally trick everyone into thinking the mid's the MVP if your comms are not really good as jungler. But that is Excellent attracting uh, so, jungler as well.
1: That's uh, 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 fine if we don't, don't know. I, was just asking I don't, them, I don't okay, know, so, but
0: I, I assume that they're at least time.
1: semi-competent. So the, the meme around ball then, is they don't talk. Right. And they also didn't talk during like Misfits, because we've seen this botline before yeah. and the not talking part was like the problem of like Han Sama, X and they ended up substituting out Mickey X because he didn't talk and they ended up bringing someone else in, didn't they? To like synergise with Maxlore? Am I, am I losing my mind? That, I think that was the order of events. They won like eight games in a row and then they subbed out um, Mickey X and stuff because they didn't talk.
0: To be honest, God, I, can't I can't actually remember. remember but, but I do. What know, I, my, overarching, uh, my overarching memory, though, was that Hans with Mickey X wasn't regarded by Misfits as like some uh, massive success. I do remember that. And that was my first thought when I was like, wait, Hans and Mickey X are like actively trying to team together. I do remember thinking that was quite weird given the historical context, but I don't remember the details, to be honest.
1: So, Mickey X, Hans Sama can be, in brackets, the best like two v two bot lane. But Mickey X's ability to like play out lens and his consistency is shot. Like shot beyond belief. Like it's it's completely gone. Hansama was like So like what like Han Sama would get like ridiculous lane leads in like NA um I know lol NA but um and then they would like have like forty fifty CS leads in like playoff games and then like the team wouldn't have the ability to like play around like those advantages. So that was a bit like scary like when i if you if i see someone consistently getting those like advantages either you're you do know how to talk to a team and they subbed oh, yeah, that
2: it was there we go. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, there we go so, what I know, a I've got...
2: timeline mm. i could yeah. not remember that for the life of me
1: no nah, that's what i'm saying i've got mem- good memory for these type of things so that I was can remember
2: has... the earliest flame horizon in the world which was like 14 minutes by betsy in season five but i couldn't remember that
1: that's uh, okay <laughs> so the I think this team is like so. BB uh, again. We I feel like I'm repeating myself in the show. If it's carries, we're happy. If it's tanks, we're a little bit sadder. It's not as good. Um, yike! I I just wonder who's going to like talk in this team. Obviously, I feel like Caps is a much bigger voice than he was reportedly many years ago, and knows like what he wants, and hopefully can you know direct like the LFL jungle into like the modern game. Uh, you guys are like bigging him up, and he seems to understand like higher level concepts, these are all good. Hey, jungling the full map is probably one of the hardest things, concepts to do in League of Legends. Yeah. We are literally say a handful of people are able to do that. Is Yike going to be one of them? If he is, you know, he's the new golden goose. If he's not, then someone's going to have to take a hat and understand, like, either have much, like, understand like wave control and matchup control or take risks. And then the variance of the team gets higher. When I see a team like G Two, I actually think the team in general. Just because a lot in er- the early seasons and like spring and stuff, I feel like the more the better your bot lane is, the better your ADC is. The easier the game is to play because like a tried and true form of like League of Legends that is like all like Drake uh, ADC into Drake scaling into jungle quadrant control into river control. Is literally primordial. We have been doing it. Things have changed in terms of reset timers and warding and champions, but we have been doing it for a long, long time. And I think if you have just strong players, experienced players with strong fundamentals, then you are, you will. Hit the ground running And I can actually see this G2 team Hitting the ground running Plus you have Caps The Caps had a terrible end to the season Hmm. From the final of LEC Into Worlds Caps had like a complete breakdown He's probably the player Like I overrated the most Um, I didn't talk about on the list But like in terms of
2: Historically You just never wanted to bet against him And then suddenly Yeah he doesn't
1: have a great time with it the same way as I talk about international, there's like this bubble, it's like Chovy Showmaker, Rookie Knight, who are just way above like everyone else in terms of like mid lane. In EU, you have your own little bubble and it's Humanoid Larson Caps. And they are like no other players, even in the league. Like maybe lawyer like joins them, okay? But like, they are just on another world and you have one of those players and you've seen Caps when the rest of the league was dysfunctional and the teams had problems and there was fragility, you just seen in spring how Caps could blow open series time and time again. If
2: he played through a lead, the game was over.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and so, but here's the thing, a lot of that was Caps and Jankos' ability to look at mid laners' tendencies, even someone as good as Larson, and abuse them and pick them off and hamper down on them and kill a team's advantage. You know, Rogue is very reliant on Larson having lane leads and lane control, and you've seen how that caused them to crumble and spring. Are you going to have the same thing with Yike? If you've got the same thing with Yike, the chances of them winning this split are really really good, they're
2: well, one of the favourites. Yike your... y- 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 can play towards like individual Belveth, Graves, carry, jungler leads, he very much can do, yeah, yeah. he's an awesome ganking jungler too. Like This guy is yeah. actually very versatile and I think, if I'm gonna give, it's very hard to give any advantages over someone like Jankos, because Jankos is like the western goat, Like he is like on a pedestal on his own and that is not getting touched for a while I don't think. Um, maybe unless You know Like a caps a Who, has like who a was refinement. it The last time we seen him Was he that player For you still Well I, d- I don't think That Jankos really ever Has been the ca- the, the Farming
1: character No I mean like. as in Like the goat jungler Did he like Was last year He that level Like what the the consistency Of his play Week to week to week That you that made him the um, goat Was he that player Before I think him? back
2: end of spring Kind of going into Like the playoffs run yes. And then into MSI Yeah no, I think Jankos Very much showed that And I think for parts of summer He did too But then mm-hmm. the thing With Jankos is like When the team isn't firing Sometimes you see like He it looks it looks really bad on him because he's making desperation plays because either like the draft is fucked. That happened to a lot of worlds, by the way. Um and like he's he's the kind of the fall guy and he's like, well, I'm gonna try and make a play and it will either like miraculously work out or sadly as it did for most of the failings towards the back end of summer, it just made him look like a bit of an idiot at times, even though it's not really on him, it's on the draft or the stay of the game or whatever. Um but even then, like, the one thing which I would give of Yike over Jankos is that Yike is an incredibly mechanically proficient carry yeah. jungler if he wants to be as well. So I think it actually, in some ways, it even opens up slightly more versatility for G2 if they were to do so. I don't think that's something that G2 will have to tap into or should tap into rather that much because they have all of these lanes, which let's be honest, you probably just want to play towards them instead and get Yike acclimatized. It's the easy mode to get him just ready for LEC kind of level macro and... Um, just play style, I suppose, but yeah, I think if he, towards the end of the year, maybe we do see a switch over of actually being Yike being able to be a primary focus as well, which maybe Yankos wouldn't have been for this team. Little ways off that yet, though.
1: So, I, when I look at the team, I actually, like, if I was to, like, scope out, like, the theme, or, like, the, the general concept of how I would want them to win, with a winning bot lane, whether or like, when I'm not Yike's affecting that, or as a match-up base, you're then playing for top, top side, and you're having, um, Hansama be, basically, like, a pseudo-reckless, and... You then play for like mid and top. And then once you get into the, the, the section of the game where you have like uh, so, so, side lens, solo lens, you basically leverage the fact that like BBA and Caps are better than their counterpart. And possibly your mid section, if you bring numbers advantages or, or whatever, is going to like crush your 2v2s, your 3v3s, your like uh, TP 4v4s, your map movement. People have talked about like plug and play rosters. And obviously it's hard to... Con- Commentate And plug and play When you don't know One of the players But from what you Have told me of Yike I think this lineup on average Will be like mm-hmm. Very very good And could be a contender To just Win it all Because they'll be able To prey upon The weaknesses And the fragility Of the other teams Who have got Less coherent rosters And more playstyle issues I think the- Yes the three lanes Is hard But I think there is Like someone as Experienced as Captain Hansama And even BB now I do think there is A way to like Work it out I would just,
0: the last thing I would say on G2 is that I think if they are end up being really good, they will have a conundrum if they play to top side of the map for the first however long. Because let's just say they win spring and it looks like they're going to win summer or something like that. I think the issue is <clears throat> that BB, G2 cannot contest the best teams in the world with Broken Blade playing carries. They just can't. He might be. on something like Orn or something. Then yeah, he might story, be yeah. the best carry top laner in Europe. He might be, but it's not good enough. It's still not good enough. And I think that's a reality that G two really again maybe they just end up like they're sort of on the brink of contesting LEC and they do whatever it takes to win that. But if they do find themselves in a position where it's like we are the best EU team, we're going to be playing at least one international, maybe two international tournaments this year. They have to be able. They have to work out how to play to bot side. Because you cannot just play to Broken Blade carries internationally. He is simply not good enough.
2: Uh, I think they are on. on paper the most versatile EU roster, though, in in terms of what we've got there. Though I think at, at, at best yeah. they can play they can play any to anything with huge champion pools. I think they will need to leverage that. But yeah, on paper, if they get everything working, it's very difficult to be a versatile team when you're integrating new players like Geyk or whatever. But if they do manage to overcome the that hurdle, that's definitely something working for them.
0: Yeah. Right. Let's move on to heretics. And this is a team I think that Mr. Nymera may Hello. be able to uh, speak to quite specifically. So for anyone who doesn't know, the top laner is, is do you pronounce it Evie or Evie.
2: It is neither of those. It oh. is Ebby. There is what? no V in the Japanese language. So, so, yeah. so, so, so yeah, so if, Jap- if a Japanese, if a Japanese league player is using the Japanese kind of pronunciation of syllables, there is no V in the Japanese language, so it's B. And Ebby means shrimp in Japanese, which is why all of his social media stuff is like a little shrimp thingy. Um, so this is a this is a notice to anyone who wants to, you know, watch coverage of this player, and I will be there with like a bat on beating people when they pronounce it wrong.
0: I <laughs> uh, better be a better be a lightsaber and not a baton or I'm revolting for one. But uh yeah, so they are Ebby, ibi whatever, top, Yankos, Jungle, Ruby, uh, who is from Unicorns of Love for those who don't follow the ERLs. The sexy um, edition. The sexy edition, indeed. Uh Mr. Jack Spectra, who was on Heretic's Academy roster, of course, uh, their only roster at the time. And Mercer from Misfits. So I'll throw this to you first, Kira. Um I'm guessing you don't know too much about our boy Ibi. So let's leave him to the side for now because I'm sure... Oh, I, of... do. Oh, like, I do do.
1: Oh, you do? I can't talk about him when I've seen a world. Okay, yeah?
0: come on, hit us. What do you know about this? I know the he's the guy in the meme, right? Who does the thumbs up. Is that him? Yeah, okay. That's Close. all I... That is my entire knowledge of him and now how you pronounce his name. So hit me with some deep, deep... I lore. remember...
1: I, I... No, I don't know that much about him, but I remember so I, I once described him. Not in terms of always a champion pool, but it was, like, Japanese Adam. And it like, because I got this guy mixed up with another top laner, And I think it was Bwepo that fell to this. It was from one of your shows, Nightmare. Is you it the level one ads. stuff? Yes. yeah. And he was just, like, all in people level one. And then I watched, like, Bwepo walk um, into lane. And then if, if he'd done it to him, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" The the prophet has spoken it into reality. Like it's happened. A Western player has just been crushed because of the level one cheese, <laughs> and it was really really interesting to watch, and that, that was fun. And then I watched him at Worlds, and I was watching him. Yeah, and I, having, like, yeah, and I was watching, him, and that, and here's the thing: if I told someone Cap who didn't watch Caps you know, like a Korean LPL fan who didn't watch Caps. If I was to tell them about Caps, they'd go and look at Caps' world performances and say, that was really disappointing and is he even that good. And I th- I think from what I've been able to gather, it's the same as for Ebi. Um he had a really bad world, he was getting a lot invested into him. He was burning like resources, he was burning like flashes before dragon fights on Kennen, where he had to leverage a lot of AoE damage, lots of things, but I was basically been told, um that this isn't like his usual stuff. And so He's actually a lot better than this. I went back and like watched some of his like games, and when you watch lower level league, it's really hard to tell. But I think there's like upside to this guy. He's got an interesting champion pool. He's got an interesting ideas. I think he's not the worst like pun ever. The rest of the players. Wait, le- before gets, like, we yeah, before
0: we get to that, let, let me throw okay. it over to Nymera. So yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of yeah. people will look at this as like, who the hell is? Is this just a classic Peter Dunn special? Or, so what do you think is is the real take what? on
2: this guy? Ebi is a guy that has defined the LGL for like six years at this point. He's won 10 out of 12 of the last LGL splits. He first won in 2017 spring and he's only lost twice. One was in 2020 summer to V3 esports and that was actually in the one split which he had a bit of an off split and the other time was 2DFM and he lost both of those splits in the finals and one of them was a five game series. Like this guy has just like been a consistent excellent overachiever within his region. Um... And he has actually showed up internationally a number of times. Yeah, this Last Worlds isn't actually a great example of that. MSI as well had a bit of a shaky kind of tournament there too. So this year, internationally, probably not the best example of it. If you go back to MSI 2021 with the Aria lineup, um, he, was, he, selects, he went like 10-1 and 1 or something on Urgot and Kill Khan a bunch of times. He... Had a really famous, you know, the Krabber meme where uh, Blabber flashed for the crab. Yeah. That was because of that was against DFM, and that was because Ebi had brutalized top lane so hard in Nar versus Jace, where Jace is meant to win early, but he outplayed the matchup very early on against um, J- uh, Fudge's Jace that they couldn't play towards that scuttle crab, and then um, Blabber ends up suffering and dying for that. Ebi is the kind of player where he is now one of the most experienced top laners in the world. He started playing in 2014, same year as Jankos. I actually believe that Heretics have the most, um, like legacy veteran top side in the world between top jungle. Like they both started playing at, um in 2014. I don't think anyone else can boast any more like years played between mm. them more than that. What? I think that what that's led to is. Ebi's understanding of lanes, which he plays a lot, particularly with Gnar matchups, he is an incredibly uh, long-term Gnar and player. In fact, to the point where he's so good at those champions, the entirety of the LGL followed suits. We are an L- we are a Gnar and region because Ebi is so good at it. Everyone else has to learn those champions to the level he well to the level to at least kind of survive him at that point. But even beyond that, um, around about 2020 onwards. Whereas back then he was very much like the Gnar Renekton set, like three, four trick. He played like Sion as well. Uh, not Sion, he played like Mordekaiser as well. He only played like four champions back then. Nowadays he plays absolutely everything. He plays an awful lot of AP champions. He played like the Lilia top, which I'm sure that was like his revival game at Worlds. He had a lot of shit games on the Canon. Then he played stuff like the Lillia. and he had like one really good Gnar into Aatrox game in the EG game they won as well, which is against Peter Dunn, who is rumored to come in as head uh, head coach. So that was what tipped me off actually when I heard about the Peter Dunn rumor kind of going to Heriton, like. Wonder if he's scouted Ebby before. We'll see what happens with that. So I have a prophetic tweet somewhere from a month or two ago and I was like, wonder if this happens. Uh timestamps check out. But um yeah, he has some really good games where like his individual understanding of matchups is amongst the best in the world. Kelsey Moser actually talked very highly of him on that level and rated him, you know, like top All ten for, globally you... in the world. Or something like that. Yeah. Uh something like that in terms of lane understanding worldwide. And um and yeah, he's got a really good AP champion pool. And this guy just knows how to win. He's a very dedicated learner. At the same time, DFM or a team which are very famous for going into Scrim blocks and being very, very dedicated about the way that they learn. I think that's going to be key to Heretics. So I'll we'll talk about it in the overall later, but we'll stick to Ebby for now. Um, and yeah, this guy has just been a consistent overperformer. This guy has a real, real high ceiling to him. He is by far the greatest Japanese player ever. Maybe someone like utapon comes close, but for me, Ebi has won ten out of the last twelve splits. Like I said, and he's pretty much been the AU MVP. Every single one of those, even in the ones which he lost, it was like, yeah, this guy's still excellent. Um, so that's what he's bringing to EU. Now, if he, you know, obviously the rumor proves true, but like if he does come over, yeah, he is a second language English speech, uh, speaker. Yeah, he's going to be a major region. You've got to transfer all of these things against a lower stock of, um, of top lane pool into a major region. But if there was any player to do it from the LGL, it was going to be this guy. And I'm personally incredibly excited if this does work out.
1: So... That thing that was most interesting about him and the reason I said he has like an interesting play was because I was actually most most impressed with his Camille of anything when I watched that. I'm pretty sure it was his Camille. And with the way the meta's going, I actually think was going to be a really interesting Wait, space. You're not
2: thinking of, uh, like, Hiya or um, the Sargon Buffalo top laner, are you? Because they played more Camille than Abby did. It might have been one of the vietnamese ones because they played a lot of camille i'm trying to remember evie um, might have played one game of it i'm trying to remember it worlds but uh yeah
1: no no uh, these were like i went and grabbed like gears right. like, like I, I was interested gotcha. in like, watching like a she was of also a famous Champions. tom
2: Kench top player in season seven
1: as well yeah I, that was really yeah, funny I, I saw that but like yeah, I, when yeah. i was watching these, a lot of these like camille games i, I was like first of all it's like it was a lot better than i thought it was gonna be second of all it's like i feel like camille and fiora possibly are gonna have an interest in space in the meta if we do go like tanks because those are like Carries that are resistant yeah. to well, kind of those matchups and stuff like that. So people who have have got efficacy and are good at playing them, you know, they get little like pluses. He, and I'm
2: gonna stop you there. He's gonna play Nar instead, and you're gonna like it. That's, that's no, the see, and that's the
1: curse thing. Rich knows what I think about it. Yeah. Anyway, he's just um, gonna play Gnar. Yeah, I know. I can only imagine. But, but, but me, LEC teams ban Gnar. That's an interesting. Team. Yeah. Um, too stable, Elena. Too stable. Yeah. Too stable. Um. Sorry, sorry. If you want to input anything, I was just about to say that's what caught my eye. There's a little
0: pick out there so but let's just con- let's just continue on with the ross then i mean how, how do you i mean for me personally i this is obviously just very bare bones i look down it yankos speaks for himself obviously very first, good first new lineup in a very long time so it, yep. it, there are yep. question marks there ruby for those who don't know he was probably the best player on unicorns who absolutely smashed their region He's and up did... there. It's exceptional as a player that yeah. guy is incredible on his control just like that yeah. and was uh, they had a decent EU, eu masters run as well considering prime league is not super competitive when it comes to EUM these days um jack spectra the one player who, the thing with Jack, and I've said this, honestly, for years now at this point, is I think he's going to become the victim of people overhyping him, and that's not his fault. I think he is good, and he is LEC level. Bear in mind, there are a lot of LEC level AD carries in Europe, so that doesn't yeah, necessarily mean, you know, he's a lock-in for top 10 or whatever. He is a good player. Why do you think all
2: role-swapping to support? <laughs> yeah,
0: true, <laughs> actually, bad. yeah uh but yeah uh, i think he's good i would not be surprised if he puts in a performance where you're like yeah this guy has had a very good rookie split but i think he has been overhyped into oblivion i do think me personally i think exa kick even in the final that they lost he was clearly just a better player than Jack Ooh, I'm to not me. sure I'd agree with that
2: one. I think they were competitive with each other. They, oh, that's, uh, the
0: that's the thing. That's yeah. thing. I wouldn't say I, it's. I'm not trying to make a narrative like he bodied Jack Specter or something. But I think yeah. when you look at the fundamentals of how they laned and the how they minmax, yeah, there was a lot of
2: two v two madness there. Yeah, especially when the failures games. Obviously, he's very good at that. Champion. Yeah,
0: I, I, I would have said if you looked, if you basically, if all things are equal, you had no context on either, and you watched that series, even though LDLC lost um i my i came away i would have come away being like okay that guy's better though um i
1: thought exo
2: was better yeah i think i i i thought Jack Spectre had a really good series actually he
0: did i thought he played well it was kind of like you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of i'll i'll forget i'll get this wrong maybe it was either the Neon versus Upset series or was it the Patrick
2: versus Upset series? Oh, it'll be the Patrick. Oh, yeah. yeah, The XL Fanatic 1-5 game with Patrick.
0: Where both players were awesome, but Patrick was better. Like, he was better. He was on the
2: losing team. Yeah, he was also
1: getting four of his ADCs banned. Yeah,
2: true. Those two two were also probably, like, the best players during that series. It just so happened that they were facing off in the same way. Yeah, Upset was... That's the thing.
0: Upset (laughs) was really good. And that's how I felt about Jack in that series. And again, I think Jack will be decent. I just think he has been too overhyped to the point where the people who really have his back have him being like a top three kind of AD no. carry and I do not see that happening at all and Mercer I think has a lot of uh, Mercer's in a really interesting position because he's what's improved player yeah he's 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 uh, like season two syndrome where it's like this can go in one of two ways he had periods of time where he was thoroughly unimpressive if I'm honest but without being yes. without his anything. early
2: game deaths were unacceptable yeah. in,
0: in spring really. yeah and then he's had periods where he's been good without being spectacular. And it's like, which direction are you going to go in now? So I think Jack is a good enough player that we can't blame him on having a bad ADC. It's like, no, Jack's good. Like, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you have Yankos, uh, Yeah. So to me, this is a, it, this is one of the teams where, and I've seen some people bit saying like, oh, they're going to make it to Worlds. And I'm like, in my opinion, those people are smoking crack. But I also can see a world where they're good. And they make, there are three splits, right? So if they make playoffs one split and playoffs, remember, is top four, if they make playoffs one split, wouldn't be amazed at all but I think when it comes down to it, this will not be a top four team. Um, but yeah, Nymera, uh I, 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 I hear you're a heretics been, enjoyer. Yeah. So hit, hit me. So
2: there are specific reasons for this. And I'm completely sober saying this. I think they could start slow. I think, as you said, there are a lot of things they got to work out. I think there are some players which will have to acclimatize like Jack Spectra or Mercer um, getting used to a new bot lane partner. Ruby is a player which was situationally incredible in ERLs, but then also got bodied a couple of times too. Maybe some issues there. Second language, um... And having to adapt to a new team for the first time in a very long time as well for him. He moved League of Legends
1: as a language, mate. As League language. of
2: Legends is a language, but turns out that each language has its own language of League of Legends. So it makes it even harder to learn that at points. You can learn some things and it's like... It is so it, weird. I, there is a, there's a, There there should be papers written on this You shit. need the Rosetta, so the Rosetta
0: Stone of League no, of Legends. No,
2: legit, because th- this is a complete tangent. But the way that certain languages speak about the game changes the way that they think about it. Now imagine if, like, English, we didn't have a word for, like... Well, I mean Tempo is a really Tempo, bad example, yeah. something like, <laughs> but say something like Counterpick or Priority so or something like that. Reset's a good one, that. Yeah, yeah like, Reset's a famous yeah. one. Yeah, Or something like that. There are loads of terms in English that have a lot of connotations to it within the within League's kind of system, which other languages have different connotations for or different words. Now learning that about a different language when you're trying to play at the highest level is bloody difficult. There's a load of cool stuff you can do with that, but yeah, anyway, that's the whole thing. But learning to kind of get on the same page is the most important thing with that. Um, but I do think when you have potentially Peter Don coming in as head coach, incredible at setting up players, integrating them into a team. You've got Ebi, as we said, very dedicated practicer, actually in some ways, very similar architect to someone like Impact in that regard, where he is very intelligent about the game, has incredible versatility, and will play what his team needs him. He can do absolutely everything. Um, you know he's a great Ornn player, great carry player, great whatever player. He'll do anything you want him to. Uh, and then you also have Jack Spectra. He coaches Challenger AD carries on his stream. I'd really suggest anyone who's watching this go watch Jack Spectra's streams, particularly when he's coaching other AD carries. He's very eloquent and he speaks very um, intelligently about the game. And you'll
1: yeah, and and that's, the, that's, that's, that's a unicorn, that's a unicorn. I, I How think we genuine, them? Jack.
2: Jack Spectre, one particularly in regards to players which I have been on interviews with in in broadcast as well. Jack Spectre is probably the most well-spoken player about the game which I can remember from this year. This guy is okay. incredibly high-level about the way that he talks about the game, and what this all culminates into as well. Even when you got players like Mercer who has improved a lot over the last year, I think the commitment to improvement in this team. Is really up there i think that if you do have another peter dunn special where you have a team which is got a great practice environment a great development environment i think they'll start slow maybe even miss out on on like the gsl in the first split or something If they really struggle to get it together i think this could be a world's caliber roster by the end of the year because of all of these pieces of learning and understanding and the amount of versatility and experience you have four champions from this year of various regions and then also mercer but you have like four champions like to go from all this with uh, sorry so fast i was like i'm dumping on him so hard 10 oh, no, time LGL champion yankos mvp yeah, we you got, you got ruby who's been around like he's been in lpl he's been in pcs at some yeah, point he's, he's just one w- finally R- so,
1: yeah
2: it was in rogue warriors you've got jack Spectre, yeah. who's just won lvp uh, just won lvp just won e masters like you have so much winning experience to pull from from these guys that like you have Every bit of material you could possibly want to work from to forge some kind of winning mentality out of—it's just how they utilize that, and I think they got the pieces to use it. So for me, yeah, I think they can get make worlds. In fact, I would put my—I put my dime on that.
1: If I was to put, if I, here's my last on it. So I don't know three of the players that well. Neymar is way more informed than me, so I wouldn't like die on this hill. But this team will be the best bad team. There you go. I will die on this hill. You're gonna find me with like it's gonna be like in some heroic. No, no, I just holding I just, the like, standard. Don't... They will be, like, what I was talking about, Astralis, like, being, but they will, like, be it much, much earlier, and then they'll just be, like, I think on average, just a bad team. Like I like, six, I like that,
0: as a summation, best bad team, I can, I can. that's where I kind of have them, but good enough, or have enough upside, as I said, that I would not be surprised if they make a Final but Four. I could
1: be massively players. wrong on that, because I, I, I'm not deep dives like, three of the players, so. Not sure,
0: I, I think think that is fair either way by the way i've had my soapbox (laughs) one one thing that really annoys me right this is purely a personal thing it's it's something that i always like the more that time goes on the bigger like the the more it grinds against me is when people where eum now it's in such an awesome spot and where like the lfl is and arguably lvp to a certain extent as well like the top top erl stuff is in such a great spot from like a viewer perspective and anyone who doesn't watch it should definitely watch it if you really do like watching and then there's also nlc yeah there's, well is there nlc who knows i'm not sure that's going to exist for much longer to be honest but uh the thing that really annoys me it's like winning eum is like this b- b- massive big awesome thing now which is awesome that's that's really cool but back in my day right when it was challenger series all the top rosters were stacked to the absolute nines, like because there were no regional leagues. Like, yeah, sure, there were fewer players overall, but all yeah, of the all teams would be—they'd right. be considered like top five LEC teams. Well, just what, all
2: what was the it. what was the HTK roster that qualified? Like Odo, Odo, Yarnan,
0: uh, Yarnin, uh yeah. yeah. I mean, then, and then you have like the the this won't mean to much newer viewers, but the NIP team was absolutely stacked. Oh, was, was that the Alex each? Koo- Koo, who was yeah. a monster, beforehand when he was on my Cloud9 Eclipse and so on, Cabochard top lane, mythy and Freeze bot lane. Like these were the kind of rosters that you had to play against to win the equivalent of EU Masters back then, and we won two of those fuckers, and no one cares. So that really annoys me, because it's like, you have no idea. Like, we look at LDLC now, right? And we're like, how good is LDLC? Like, look at them in every position they've got. great. <laughs> fuck off. That LDLC team is a pile of shit compared to the gauntlet of teams we had to get through. So that's my World mini... smallest
1: violin, right? <laughs> yeah. World's yeah. smallest violin, baby. <laughs> ah,
0: no one cares about those old achievements. But whatever. They're on Leaguepedia, so they'll live for as long as that website's still up, which might not be that long now that River's fucked off. So who knows? Anyway, moving on to our next team, which in alphabetical order, I believe should be Koi, which is actually... The team, okay. so I told a lie earlier, didn't I? Because I said I think the fewest team, uh, changes team made were two, maybe three. Coy has made only one change. I would say from a completely unbiased perspective, a very controversial change because they have actually ditched the king, the real king, the true king of Weekside, Mr. Odoomne, and replaced him with Segenda, which some fans may not have super fond memories of because they know him only from being given a pretty tough job to do on a very dysfunctional Vitality team for the short stint that him and Mr. SLT uh, shared in LEC. Oh, SLT, that's a name. Right? Yep, yeah, that I is a name. So, for those who don't know, both players went back to the ERLs. Segenda has performed very well uh for a top laner you can make a case that he
2: was the best uh top lane uh erl in fact, player I would make that case i'm um, a believer in the Segenda hype train
0: so Segenda is a good player uh he also has i would say i would say the community opinion although i would dispute this is that he can play more uh, carry style champions than otto i think that's complete mythos but that is at least you know he can play those champions i would say um so yeah that is the only change on this team then of course you have maurang Larson, comp and Trimby, who won the lec and got top eight at wells this year so uh kira what do you think i guess We'll keep it fairly short on this one, we all yeah. know. Uh, so what do you think of the the top lane change and the ramifications of that for this roster?
1: So, like, general downgrade, but it won't actually affect the team that much. He'll probably still be one of the favourites just because of the strengths of Larson and the bot lane staying around. Again, as I was saying, you can always play around bot lane, the you know I mean the synergies yeah 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 I've been over them that you keep the bot lane the same it gives you a consistent path to play. Can Zaganda make the jump. He's somewhat made the jump before in the past. He went to five games against a really good Fnatic. They almost won. Like we've seen him play against like good players. Like Adam was on that Fnatic team, wasn't it? Yeah, he was up against Adam in that uh, uh, team. They were both rookies. Uh it was like a great match, and he was like island fucking gaming at times. The interesting thing is, I actually think Rogue had like the easiest off season ever, which was to get a lawyer on the team, and then they would have probably had one of the best European rosters like ever. Yeah. But they fucked it. Um, whoever the Rogue GM is, go suck a dick. Um, so that's it. It's all over now. We have now got Marang Larson, Trimbe, Comp running it back again with Ganda, which is like eighteen percent worse than fucking Odo's uh, the Odo lineup. I think. Maorang, if Zaganda does struggle to make that leap, is going to have a reality check where he actually has to fix, constantly fix a, a certain wave state all the time. Larson I trust, to continue to be Larson. He's one of probably the most consistent players of his, like, period and generation. If Zaganda starts fucking up um, top lane setups, top lane matchups, and Maorang's having to fix these, or gank, or move top, or skirmish around these, these losing sides then the, that concept where I talked about where it's easy to play around bot lane because, like, you've kept the same bot lane around, that starts getting really bad as well because you're constantly being pulled away to fix another player's lane, uh, uh, lane set-up and lane matchup. Will this happen? This is all just theoretical. I don't know. Zaganda can be a good player. I just don't think he's anywhere near on the level of Odo. I think it's, depending on what happened during the season it was, it was, like, very short-sighted to let him go. I even think run, just running back that roster would have been good as well, so there's lots of options there. Malrang's one last thing. obviously, Jungle Camp's dying, 10 seconds, after the the Malrang, massive buff for Malrang, you know, the game will actually farm for him at this point. Mm-hmm. And I even seen that he replied to the tweet um, with it in it, and so he, he, Malrang lives up to the adage, know thyself, at least he knows that he is a lunatic. So that, yeah that, that's
0: to watch. what what the one thing I would just add before i uh send it over to uh Mr Niymera is that I think one thing that was really overlooked with the changing out Otto is it's not really about top lane, particularly in an isolated lane, like yes, Otto is probably the greatest or the best sorry western top laner at the moment, I think most people would say, but Oddo is not playing i mean I wonder.
1: No, i said the wonder best is what...
0: not the greatest the best
1: oh sorry oh yeah you're one of those anyway yeah yeah, yeah right he's... now yeah he's right bad. now yeah, he's... right
0: now i'm not saying okay. otto's better than 2019 wonder i'm saying right no, no, now. no no no. I,
1: I get you. i get because you
0: because the no, last no, time i sorry. saw otto play wonder wonder, down, <laughs> wonder looked like the no, worst no. top laner in europe um <laughs> but yeah so bad. uh yeah so it's not really so much about top lane it's more about people don't understand that when you have these two solo laners who are unbelievably reliant, like loot like all time, probably both number one in their role, all time of reliability. And again, we can talk about you know Soaz and Wonder maybe being better top laners historically or whatever, but just pure reliability on laning, Oddo and Larson. There has never been a combination like that that you can fall back on. And how is that going to mess with Maorang? or is it right? For me, that's a big question. It's like Maorang can do whatever the hell he wants because Otto is in top lane and because Larson is in mid lane. So yes. how does that happen or how does that continue to work or not work if you change out one of those two
2: absolute pillars? Of yeah, the... it's a delicate um, balance. Yes, yeah. it's, it's a delicate balance because um, the way that I categorized Rogue was similar in a way to the way that I categorized Genji as well in regards to the way that they kind of play is kind of through lane locking, either through the way that they draft or the way that Malarang plays in regards to Rogue as well, or a bit of both, where... You are playing a style where, like Malorang, the analogy I use is like he draws the eye of Sauron away from his lanes. He's just doing something crazy, just somewhere. You're not really sure if it makes sense, but it does mean he's not messing with mid lane or top lane. Top lane who are going to scale up into relevance and then beca- get their own lane leads. And they're very good at playing through their lane leads, particularly Larson As Curious was saying earlier, um, but yeah, Seganda, like I think he's the best year old top lane. Um, he plays an awful lot of carries comparative to someone yeah. like Odoamni did in terms of he was big. He's a really good Akali player, particularly. In top lane you know very good gwen um amongst other champions too so if you want to have the ability to switch things up and go towards top side and we've mentioned that kind of versatility being um a big bonus to some of the other teams that we have talked about already you have that in siganda but i'm wondering at an lec top lec level which you know rogue was at, you know they won the whole damn thing they were in finals and then first um you know can again fill that role to the very top of european standards I don't think so. That's why, you know, while I'm still pretty high on this team, I think that, you know, keeping the four-man unit on the bot side and jungle together, I think that is very much positive. Keep that together, awesome. I I think removing Odo who for me, particularly in the first half of groups at Worlds, I think he was one of, like, the top two or three players in the whole damn tournament. He was playing Mm. so well on Rogue's initial tournament read. The problem for me wasn't Odo's play even in the second half of groups. It was teams like DRX looking at them and saying, you have figured out exactly how you want to play this meta now let's break the way you play that meta particularly like the ash heimann like there was a really good draft from drx yeah they, they beat like the draft was already over folks by the time the nasa support was locked in by the way that was just drx with awesome meta reads and that's partly how they won worlds as well right um i don't think that was taking away from how good of a player odo was in particular on stuff like the markai even when he was losing lane an orn which is a losing tank versus tank matchup um i don't think that again can be you know a top two three player in the world <laughs> especially not like slotting into this roster, which Odo actually on his day could have been at that world. Mm. He's an absolutely absurd run of form. So I still think they are going to be top half of the table, top four, maybe even top three. Um, I don't think they're going to capture the same magic which saw them through to a title. I don't think that makes them a bad team. I'm sure they can grow as well, but we'll see how much that lesser stability in that top side works and actually whether Malarang or someone like that can actually retain his magical form as well. Um, because, you know, there's an awful lot of us um, to instability in what he does. It kind of works for the team because it allows stability to happen in the rest of the map, but he's got to be playing well. And if that doesn't last through the whole year and he doesn't have, like, a resurgence of what he did in this year, like, don't expect Koi to be winning another title, I don't think. Yeah. Uh,
0: right, so speaking of the world not necessarily thinking that top lane is europe's best position we move on to mad who are one of three teams who have decided to import their top laner um, This is really
2: interesting this conversation so
0: mad have got chasey in the top lane who for those of who don't know again unfortunately i did and well nightmare did as well i had to watch every nlc game because i had clients in nlc so i know all about x7 chasey uh el yoya in the jungle niski stays as well in mid lane uh and then kazi interestingly comes back to mad lions to me this is just a case of fuck we used to be really insane at macro and team fighting uh let's bring back someone who was on that team when we used to be good uh and then Hillasang, which again it's like this this is like I don't know, Reddit pleb who checks Reddit and League of Legends like once every six months made team, in my opinion. But Mac is the coach. Mac is a very highly regarded coach. I've spoken to him a lot. He is not a stupid person. So there are some interesting oh, yeah. so there are interesting angles on this one to talk about for sure. I'm gonna start with you, Nimera. What what is your take on on this team and, and the changes they've made?
2: So when I was streaming, like, my first kind of stuff about LEC offseason thoughts, I was looking at this Mad Lions roster, and we didn't know the top lane yet, and I was going, oh, bloody hell, they've messed this up. Like, this is going to be an absolute mess. You don't particularly want to play towards bot side, and you have a mid-jungle that's very um, mobile. But this, unless they get themselves, like, a real carry top laner, and, you know, we were thinking, you know, what's happening with Armor at that point, there was no word on whether he was staying or going. It was like, you have to basically just play through Elioia, like, what the heck is that going to be like? Because they tried that in spring of this year, and it really wasn't yeah. enough. Um, then they announced Chasey, and a lot of initial people's reactions was, um, you know, why isn't someone like Malenik in over there, some of these other ERL top laners out, like Ragnar, whatever, some of like the very top ERL top laners, um, because, you know, Chasey had you know not done so well against them or whatever. And that's a separate argument. I think you can um, argue about level of play or whatever, but what Chasey is is the epitome of an lck challenges player which is where he came from in 2021 which is is just like hands strapped to a keyboard and nothing goes beyond them it's literally just mechanics 1v1 lane leads and he's just a mechanical god the macro stuff can sometimes fly out the window in regards to that Chasey is very, very good on stuff like his Renekton, Fiora, uh, Yone, his Fiora was banned for most of this year, uh, most of this summer when he came in rather. Um, And whenever he got a laning lead, he would slaughter the game. If he has a lead, expect that game to be over. He was a great litmus test for X7, whether they were going to win or lose a game, not necessarily through all of his own play, but if his team was doing badly, he'd be kind of left on an island trying to 1v1, and just dying because he hadn't got the memo that the rest of the map was losing and he didn't have the right to be doing that. Whereas if he was winning, it was like, wow, eight and one on Yone, triple kill on a team fight, sweet, loads of uh, eye candy for for the B-roll on that one. Um, So if Mad Lions are playing towards this where it's like, you do not want to play towards the spot side. This is all about Kazi playing utility, chili roaming, mid jungle. You at least have a really clear cut identity. Mad Lions are probably the team you can look at on paper the most and say, you know exactly where everyone's going to. And that's towards Chasey. So while I think Chasey has flaws in the ways that he plays, I think in regards to him integrating into that team and upgrading his level of English and his communication skills and his macro understanding, at least you can cover that by putting every bloody resource under the sun into his lane. I think that Mad Lines have actually got a strangely coherent roster. I think Chasey will actually fit this quite well. It's just whether like, if he is forced to be on weak side for any amount of games, can he show a level of learning and of evolution between what he showed from this year to not just be a liability at that point
0: yeah and i think the other interesting note on this is that mad as as sporadic as some of the picks might be at first glance i think mad did have a clear identity or what they wanted to play towards in the offseason because the other rumor that was going around, which you know, I suppose, he had a lot of substance to it. It was they wanted summit if they couldn't have chase. Oh yeah, I heard about that. So Sim- similar kind of yeah, regard, exactly. right? One v one, lane, a pressure point top lane. Yeah. So they knew what they wanted from their top. So yeah, Kira, what, what do you think of this team on on paper? I'm assuming you haven't watched so, too many X Seven
1: games. No, well, I, I, I've seen them. I watched the Challenger. So. Oh okay. Um, yeah. So, so I don't know about his more recent form. So, sort of, but I've seen it before. So, like, it's more of the same. Just in case you didn't. know Yeah, he's 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 fine. He's whatever. think He's just not Armut at this point. Um, interesting note is, uh, Niski a lawyer is like historically just enabling a lawyer to play the game that he wants to play as has been just one of the best ways to get regular season ones in the LEC. How well do you think this team can do it? If you have any return of form in Terms of like Hellasang, then I think this team will actually rack up a lot of regular season ones, maybe even a couple of playoff ones. I think they could really surprise a lot of people. Another thing is like when you had um Karze, like Karze was a very like had a very rough time of vitality where he had like massive response damage responsibility at times and then would like tie his shoelaces together and like die in just the most like embarrassing like ways. And he'd have like the like the very various... he was like EU jackal basically. Like the games he like popped off and like his like stats and his DPM were just like unmatched at times. And then other games he was your only chance of winning the game because like that's the way you draft him. He had a couple
2: of Zaya games where he was like showed that real impressiveness, but like it just wasn't mm.
1: consistent. So. The thing, the thing here is, is I think maybe with Chasey, and in generally with a lawyer, the team fighting burden on Carson might not be always as high, and you might not always be as reliable, reliant on him to win games. But the role that he plays, ADC, is always, you're always going to somewhat need it. So it's hard to say. I think just because uh a lawyer, understand each other so well, that power duo even though I don't think like at highly of like Niskay is like in terms of the broad level of like, international play and his like skill uh, and his skills I think his skill set is amazing, amazing sorry for Mad Lions and yeah, what he enables with a lawyer specific
2: roster yeah. it is yeah. but like this draft would be it Chasey is, like, the oddly the kingmaker for this particular team, where it's like, you needed
1: a pressure point carry top planer. This guy is very much of that archetype. And he Um, plays... That's the thing, is he plays Fiora, and he plays, like, uh, Gwen. He plays the tank killers. That's my point. So if we... No matter where we end up, and if we end up in this extreme idolized, like, tank jungle tank top meta, you have a player who has... What's going to be
2: really funny is, you think the meta's going to end up like this, and then we're going to have players, like... Chasey, Ebby, yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. Adam, Broken Blade, we're just going to be just like, "Ah, <laughs> you are going to play your tanks. Let me lock in this. And we're actually just going to have a carry matchup all over again. Yeah, they might not catch. <laughs> I, I will be
1: interested if they just do I would actually be all for yeah, that. The regional
2: top lane matter is going to be incredibly important to track yeah. because of the new players we've got coming so in.
1: I actually think there's a lot of like stability here, but it's dependent on HellaSan's form because I don't yeah. think any team... Would be able to find levels of consistency that like Fnatic did if Cali continues to play like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would, I would honestly say the opposite. I would say there's insane amounts of instability in this team. If if I'm if I'm reading it, like to me, this team being not terrible solely relies on sang being decent again. If he's decent again, then I think they're. I'm not quite sure what the ceiling is, but I don't. I still don't think it's that high. Me personally, I've never been a Kazi believer. I was one of the. I felt Uh, at least like I I was one of the solo voices screaming from the rooftops even when Mad were winning back-to-back splits. Like, this guy is bad, by the way. He's actually bad. He's dying all the time. The only reasons other team have a chance is because he's inting. And the player you saw inting every now and vitality, he was still the same player. He was just... It was exacerbated... By having weaker teammates or vitality in general being run worse, like as a team from players, coaches, whatever. But it's the same guy. I still don't trust him. I trust him even less when Humanoid's not his mid laner, sort of into what Nimera said in a different context, sort of uh, grabbing the Eye of Sour onto him and El Yoyo all the time and not thinking much about Kazi. Now with Niski, Niski is not a. Sort of high consistent damage every team fight style mid laner. He is. I am excellent at skirmishing, only uh,
2: early roaming, impacting side lanes he's, and so on. Yeah, um, he's got a lot of hallmarks to be something like the EU Zhao, who actually EU Doi EU Zhao, something like-, like that. Whereas like the first 15 minutes of the game he is he will brutalize the map because of the way that he yes. plays lanes and his champion mm-hmm. pool and the way he plays he's not whereas Jared, the thing about Jaro is that he does that and he's also excellent in late game team fights yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not something that we've got in like the Nisky all the time consistently but that's the kind of archetypal
1: play but he, the thing is, is so the coach is still macky eh? i'm not losing yes, my mind yes yes right mack a lawyer supposedly. in game will yeah will know how to play the game and yeah. they and they will and ho, and, they, and my envision of it is they will a lawyer is the only person i have not seen break to like what the other people like as in like a lawyer had reeker and no matter that reeker did not understand concepts and this made the team worse by the way like a lawyer actively made the team worse by doing this because no would i not, agree actually yes. he was very stubborn about his playstyle yes he would not because it's tech a lawyer was technically correct but because reekers did not understand the situation the team was worse off because of the decisions that a lawyer was making and he's the only player that the, the surrounding cast changes around him. he does not change he will continue to do the same things over and over and it's not even like the same terms as in terms of like oh, other teams can like see it and like read it i'm saying it's just good jungle what I think of as good jungling fundamentals. Like he There's had a vision
2: of- he had a vision of the game. If his team doesn't subscribe to it, he is not yes. changing his mind. For yes, yes. Yes. The one time we saw this was end of spring where he picked up a couple of poppy games. And that was actually when Mad Lines did really
1: well with the Rika Reco- Light We'll not team. we'll not get into that. We'll not get but, into that yeah. too. Much.
2: Yeah.
0: No but I yeah, think that'd I, be my view. Yeah, no, I think this team is really interesting because so many different things could happen. It could be some really random situation where yeah Chasey just becomes a really good carry top laner, and then to- suddenly, yeah. Or there could be communication issues. Keep in mind when he played the next seven, he had another Korean with him, which could possibly have impacted Temps, his, yeah. his ability to communicate and get his thoughts to the team, or what have you. So, interesting. Personally, I don't have high hopes for Mad Lions, but I also wouldn't be amazed if they made like two out of three playoffs. I wouldn't be amazed they'll make every GSL. I think unless
2: Hila Sang is that bad. Yeah, which, but if have he a is, really interesting. We have a really interesting trifecta of teams between like this Mad Lions, Heretics, which we yes. talked about, and Vitality, which all yes. have the same situation of like how are they integrating a new playstyle and new players with second languages into their team? And like we can really kind of benchmark the way their coaching staffs mm-hmm. are working out because a lot of this stuff too in the this, team it, environment. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah it's really, a really fun window. to watch. This, this yeah, like I good,
0: I yeah. think this, before summer and this split are the two most fun splits in the terms of like all the way down the table. There's such huge question marks and yep. low every team has high upside and low like low floors as well um so speaking of which let's move on to our next team which is sk who actually have some really solid pieces on paper and maybe i would only say sort of one really questionable piece which for me is dos although Exekick and dos for people who don't know did play together on ldlc so they have that uh inbuilt synergy you would hope uh marcoon obviously came over from XL; he's a jungler irrelevant is the top laner. For some people, he should have been rookie of the split. And Certus, who to me was kind of meh, but he wasn't a disaster. Like Better than Nuclear Int, but not really pushing uh, some of the really good mid laners uh, in that sense for me. So, Nymero, what do you think about uh, this team? Uh, how how do you like the construction of SK Gaming?
2: Mark Hoon is going to have to grow into the the weirdest leader archetype in his second year, com- like, compared to so many other people in their careers. I think that SK, while I actually, I like all of the individual players. I think on an individual level, there's a lot to work with. Even some like Surtis, I was actually pretty high on him compared to the community. I think that actually, for a rookie mid lane a year, he actually did, actually slightly above average comparative to a lot of people would expect, I think. You know, he had a couple of really good Orianna and Akali games and blah, blah, blah. Um, but this team could fall into a BDS of this year archetype, where they don't really know how to play the game at LEC level and they don't have a more experienced leader to kind of get that information off of and form a working identity of how they want to play the game in regards to some of the other teams like we obviously just talked about mad lions very clear identity i don't really know what sk's identity is going to be here and who the leadership figures are going to be because you've got a lot of very I'm not going to say like completely rookie because obviously dos has been in um lec for a little bit too. markings now into you know his second year of that whatever same with Certus, but like this is a team where I-, I could feel i feel like they could stumble um early on if they don't get the right meta read and if they don't get the meta read to kind of like get something working to iterate on afterwards this
1: could be pretty dire
2: states for sk hmm.
1: what,
0: do, what do you think uh kira
1: bad xl this is a worse version of the XL lineup he was just on. So he's like irrelevant is like a side grade to worse than Finn, maybe a bit better, depending. Then you've got Patrick Exakek who's maybe like a side grade worse can experience in Champion Pool than Patrick. DOS side grade generally maybe a bit worse than mickey x maybe a bit better probably better than Nick.
0: mickey x in summer i'd imagine second half of summer that was that was yeah, some really like, shit.
1: yeah he had like some health but like he had also like good games running back and a lot of the marcoons early games that he's been rewarded for were based off of bot priority that were won through patrick mcx and as well hopefully most of us agree that like supports decide a lot of support matchups decide a lot of the lane direction and stuff like that. So Mickey X was executing on like something, even if we couldn't actually see the camera. Maybe Patrick is just fucking Neil from the Matrix and like just God. We don't we'll never know because we have no POVs of a lot of that. And uh Marcoon, I had him as for most of the time the second best jungler in the league, sometimes the first. Um but yeah. Uh yep, that's that. But uh, I, I, I I I pretty much agree with nightmares like sentiment. Just the way I would characterize it is, they're a worse version. As Marquins mm. found himself on a worse version of Excel. What I will say
2: is the training oh, no, wheels are fair. very the, the the training wheels are very well and truly off for Marquins. Now this is like an unprecedented opportunity for him to have like really explosive growth to find himself as a player because he has all the space to be a real defining player in this team because I think he is a very vocal player. Um, you know, Cajal's talked about that in terms of his interactions with him on stuff like the Euphoria podcast and stuff like that too. And when I've chatted with him, he's very uh, opinionated about the game. I think that is good in a rookie player to be able to stick to your guns and build up your understanding of the game. You don't have any time to keep building that understanding now, though. You need to really just start communicating that to your teammate and say, this is how we're playing the game, because you have to be the one to do that on this team, I feel like. Now, you are keeping together a strong bot lane of Kick and DOS. Um... Obviously I, I kinda of feel like you've missed a trick in keeping treats in there because he is someone that would bring in a bit more of that experience. But you've kept together that L D L C bot lane. They were very experienced and very successful within that within the LFL and they were I would say probably the most feared bot lane 2v2 on an ERL level. Obviously, they didn't win, again, either of the summer or uh, either of the E-Masters titles, but I, I do feel like this bot lane is one that's good to keep together. It's just, like, I don't think that is going to be enough of a PowerPoint against, like, LEC-level bot lanes to kind of be the LDLC win condition to be like, okay, we can very much just pile drive through and EOS through exekick.
0: Yeah. So, moving on to Vitality, uh, another interesting team uh, with some interesting decision making and another import top laner. So, they have Photon, who was on the T1 Academy roster uh, last split, they have Bo the chinese match fixer uh slash jungler who is not played yet but was obviously on the roster kind of technically uh, whatever under contract at least with a uh, vitality last split as well uh, perks remains and then we have a bot lane of neon and kaiser neon of course was a free agent and kaiser was uh bought out from mad lions so uh, this is a really interesting roster. As I feel like we're saying that about all of these teams, but I think this is a really interesting roster on paper as well. Kira, I'll start with you. What are your uh, first thoughts on how this team's going to work? Is this team going to work? Do you see a balance where this can uh, yeah. make sense?
1: So, like this team's like really weird. I'll just kind of I'll do yeah. the keep the same formula I was doing before. So I'll go for the five players and then like the team. So like so, Photon basically is like. An okay, to like good player, okay hands. I think he's learning from what I've seen. has been really overrated. Um, he's not. Even, I don't think he's the best top lane from his class. I think it's a guy called Elma, but he's on this guy's on uh, T one, so he gets to win more often. So he like he's in, like the highlights and stuff like that. Whatever. Um, it's a, a, a whatever pick up. Uh, Bo. So Bo, obviously the most hyped player in all of existence. Um he is a talent heist. He is like Kanavi, um, these types of individuals like Tarzan's in terms of like mechanics and refinement, he is genuinely that good. And the fact yeah. that EU have managed to get him that's it's a, a
2: steal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's as it a steal. This is like when C9 got Berserker, who's like probably one of the biggest like a big uh talent heist for NA to Korea, you know, they managed to get Bo. Bo is a fantastic player, uh here's the the thing we've got perks i think perks has like a really 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 rough i think the entire narrative around perks is like completely changed but so perks used to actually be like a good laner and like a carry like player like the whole like um what was forgiven's catchphrase about Lena again by far be- yeah no no not Sorry. by far it was like um anyway that became like perks's like catchphrase like later on and then he went to like na was bad came back with a bit worse he still like has understanding around like map movement um with leads he was still like pretty good, but getting those leads was way less consistent. And he also understood like numbers advantage around like mid lane. When he started to pull um Labrov, I can't even remember his jungler's name, um Haru to mid- Haru, when he started pulling them mid in three man and two man groups, um, to pick off people in River and Jungle, uh Vitality had a stride that they looked a lot better. Um I would generally say, just as a note, Photon is a downgrade from Alfari. Then you have Neon, who might be the best team ADC in the league. Just the best refinement of damage. He's basically reckless-esque, but was better than Reckless was in LFL. Do you think he's better than Patrick in that regard? Um, Something is up about, there.
2: I'm just like, I think there but, are, we have a couple of top tier team fighting ADCs. So here. the thing
1: is, I, I would say is Neon has only done it for one split, and in that one split, he was better than Patrick. But Patrick's holistic career across his average is unbelievably okay. consistent yeah. in that regard. So what you're and saying so- is
2: Patrick is the greatest team fighting Eddie Carry, whereas Neon is the best team fighting. There you go. No, no, no.
1: I, 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 thank you for that. Um, that is he, what you're
2: saying, though.
1: That is what you're no, saying. No, You've no, no. He's for not long greatest, Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Was, whatever. Um, I'm messing with you. Keep going. Seriously, <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'm just. I'm just loving that like comment. Um, <laughs> And then Kaiser. The thing is, is, so when I thought of Kaiser, when Kaiser was at his best, is when he understood uh, what a lawyer wanted to do, and humanoid, a lawyer, and Kaiser yes. would enter these three-man quadrants. Uh, they every. done it against Damwon, and Damwon actually didn't really know how to respond to it, and that's how they're able to beat and get games off of Damwon, right? If Kaiser finds that with Bow and Perks here, this team's insanely dangerous. As in, like I might be going on an limb here, they could win the full thing on that principle alone. But as if, the, if that principle's viable, because farming enemy camps is harder now. Mm. And do they know t- t- what I think is the, the, would be the best way for them to play? That's like the balance at act. And then how consistent can Photon be on an on isolated top matchup? And I do mean possibly isolated. As in like, Bo's like a civilization character that's not even fucking done husbandry. Like he's totally in the foreign concept to this guy sometimes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, not,
2: into difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think from my side, as I said, like I never watch solo queue. Like I just don't care enough to watch it. There's not enough time in the day. Like I, I watch fucking NLC. Like you think I have time to watch solo queue? But the one exception I made, and I it took a while because I was like, nah. But really, do I have to? Uh, was to watch Bo? Because there was enough people whose opinions I respected were saying like. You do not understand. It's different. And I was like, fine, fuck it. I'll watch it. And yeah, obviously, it's a meme like Reckless getting destroyed by him while he's playing AD carry and stuff like this. But it's like his hands are at a point, at least comparative to EU players, where it's like he can just make you look like a fucking fool playing off-roll because his hands are just so superior anyone who believes like
1: self-med
0: yeah because people have said to me stuff like oh he could unironically like play ad carry and 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 maybe that is true but if you genuinely believe that any of that is off the basis of like hardcore knowledge of like 2v2 matchups and stuff you're delusional it's because of his hands and they are fucking incredible i've never been more excited to see someone debut in the LEC than this guy that I can think of. So that for me is like the most awesome thing about this team. Photon, I'd be lying if I said I knew much about him, so I just don't really have that much. I chatted a bit to
2: Chronicler about him because obviously he's like the challenges career guy. He says, you know, you know, Photon is definitely good. He was actually playing today, I mean, as of recording this, um, in the whatever mixed academy league between China, China uh, LPL Japan is yeah, China
1: LPL. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, um... yeah,
2: like 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 the East Asian esports competition thing, or whatever it is. It's run by Casper, I'm pretty sure. But like um, but yeah, anyway, and he was like playing action and just you know like they didn't win the game, but he was like eight and one or something and just like getting crazy mechanical plays because he you know he, mechanically photons got good hands too but the thing for me is like vitality had good hands this year too on paper yeah, true and they could not make it work once again you're dealing with this trifactor of teams which are trying to this is like the third of the trick teams between heretics mad lions with with chasey and then obviously now vitality with players which are in very difficult roles in a macro competitive sense in terms of if you're a top laner that doesn't understand what the hell's going on the map I don't care how good your hands are you're just gonna have a bad game we've seen this for, we've seen this since time immemorial we saw this like heck even one of the first imports to the western scene that we had was what's his name on CLG Sarah, Sarah or whatever. yeah Sarah he was like, oh we were so hyped and he was like And he was like, no, actually, he wasn't connected with the team and he struggled for many years. And we've seen that with many players until they were properly integrated. For (laughs) me, Vitality this year, much as the last year too, is more about how the hell do they get these players to work together rather than actually the individual players being good. Because I think actually, looking at it, just going through the rosters again. I think Vitality probably have the most skilled individual players on paper than any team in the LEC. Like the actual highest level of these players is absolutely ridiculous um when you've got yeah like, it's, pre- it's, pe- pretty, it's yeah, pretty good at peak at it's, peak. it's, it's definitely up there right T- top top three up there but like that's one of their strengths right um but when you look at the vitality of this year their jungle support and actually jungle support top in some ways too synergy
1: was garbage yeah like, I did a tele- I,
2: it was like um one of my first telestrator segments i did when i came into lec was literally just like look vitality have seen ward bot uh, like ward and enemy raptors to see the enemy jungle going top they know that support's out of lane. They've watered that out too. They know that jungle support is coming top lane, and they still fight a top jungle and they're a two v three because the support turns up and they lose. They have full information of plays happening, and they still bungle it. Like if that kind of understanding is not sorted, even with roster changes or whatever, like you, are, I don't care what players you got. Competitive games cannot allow that to happen yeah so while i think that out of like you know the three teams with the integration stuff i think they have the highest level of individual skill between the three teams we talk sure. about talked with the import top liners or whatever i think that integration is incre- it has been shown to be a problem here before and if vitality on the back end in terms of the coaching staff or whatever happens off the riff cannot support that i don't care how good the- these players are you're probably just going to end up being again a playoffs contender actually you're not going to be a top table team if you can't get them to work together i have high hopes for this year but that's still just the 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 sort of is hanging on a string. If that thing just doesn't work out, I don't care how good the individual players are. And this is not going to be a good the team.
1: really interesting part. a is Aloya is going to have a like a, a contestant for how he plays the map, because yeah. arguably, right, Bo, if you like overlap one to one, does it better. And so now, as a Aloya, his strengths that he brings to Mad, are they going to be that unique? So like Mad's we'll get like, as I talk about the free ones because of their style, that's very, very consistent, replicable. Mm. What if like when Mad Lions plays against Vitality, a lawyer can leverage it because Bo's just a better version version of him. I'm not saying that is the well, case. Or, or, I'm or it could actually too be too. the other way around where Bo's trying to play this style and his team doesn't support
2: him doing it. So you yes. have, like this real, like, have this really cool like scales to balance in terms sense of like, yep. actually, is Bo just going to be allowed to do his thing? It tips towards vitality. Actually, does his team allow him yes. to do that? It tips back towards Mad. Now, luckily, Kaiser is probably the best supporter of playing jungle support, as you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. that we've had in the modern era of the LEC. When Mad Lions were winning titles, it was El Yoya and it was Kaiser linking up his a duo with the rest of their team to really just ravage the map. Kaiser now has to do this with a different jungler for the first time in a well, ever in the LEC, right? English, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. And I'm like,
2: he's he, on paper awesome, he can do this. And as long as it is replicable replicable in their style, like you were saying, that Mad Lions could do before or whatever on, on that side of things, Vitality can do that with Haru and Kaiser. This could be a title contending team, but like, there's a lot of moving pieces with a lot of languages to learn first,
0: yeah. I think you also have the uh interesting communication angle, which is that kaiser to my knowledge is a bit of a mute uh who is then going to be playing with a jungler who doesn't speak english particularly well i would imagine uh and then you've got perks who's again trying to micromanage the entire game from mid lane with two players who don't speak much english and a support player who doesn't speak very much
2: so uh yeah, eyes on you neon because even... you need to be a big voice on this to say team. it's like this, this might be a season This might be the lec season where coaching staff differentials are shown the most Mm. yeah when you've got this much like because we've had over half the players in the league at least change position or like be replaced by some regard right and a lot of integration to happen like coaching staffs this is the one season to pay the most attention to them on paper
1: yeah no definitely agree with that just just to give a little bit more detail because i can because we didn't focus on them so like people like highlighted like photons like leaning okay now one game is not a career, right? But this is like, he didn't even pass the Ornn level six test against Gwen, where you like both turn level six and then Ornn solo kills you. He like failed that test. <laughs> I think, I I watched the game with Lear. I think he failed it three times, right? So like, yeah, those, or maybe have three worst games that he's like played, okay? But like, when someone says to me, someone's got good laning fundamentals, and I see that, I'm like, reel that back in, reel that take back, right back in.
0: I think there's a lot I think when someone like Photon you've got three things at play you've got the unknown which kind of fills in all the gaps and we just kind of make up for ourselves based on the other two aspects and then you've got the what have your eyes seen probably some stuff and not a lot and then you've got the perception that feeds into it of the people who are bigging up the fact that he's on T1 and this kind of stuff so likely we actually have not particularly amazing reads overall because
2: even our own opinions although admittedly I've seen like zero of him so I'm Sort of not well, trying to. Which is why I'm like trying to really put in, like, I'm not going to say how it is going to be. I'm saying this is a factor which you need to watch. Yeah. Like, because all mm. of these teams, there's a huge amount of variability with it, but it will probably come down to, you know, like jungle support for vitality and actually about how all these import top laners are going to learn the communication. Like, at least we can give you the right place to look at. Yes. Like, yeah, that's exactly. as good as we can get here. <laughs> exactly.
0: And this is why it's going to be so interesting as well, because people will hear stuff, of course, as teams start screaming and so on and, and so forth. And the variance of tier list you're going to see this offseason is going to be mental. Absolutely mental. Um, So yeah, anyway, let's move on to another team who I feel could just straight up smash everyone or massively underwhelm, which is XL, who is uh, another really interesting roster. I guess we call this like the soft super team, I suppose, in terms of like all these pieces just came from, you know, all corners of the earth to put this team together. They're all in theory top three, minimum top four players in their roles. So again, if you've been uh, been living under a rock, that is Oddo in top lane. Xerxe, who moved from Astralis into uh, uh, into Excel and had what I think most people would say a very good split if you happen not to have watched him for a while. Um, VTO. If you who's had your obviously... eyes open and
2: actually watching how he played, he was top three in summer.
0: Yeah. Don't at me. <laughs> uh, he, VTO, who is like kind of jekyll and Hydish or can be but obviously very talented player has very strong strengths arguably some uh, fairly fatal weaknesses but again was on a pretty weird inconsistent team then you've got patrick who is like your absolute rock solid can do everything an ad a good ad carry player can do very good team fighter and targamas who for me was the best overall support like throughout the whole year I know he had the disappointing worlds and not his best series at the end of summer, but across the whole year, I would have said he was probably the best support just ahead of Trimby. Um, So yeah, Yeah. that's, that's the, uh, that's the XL lineup. Nymero, what do you think about this team? Like I'll actually, I'll ask it this way. Instinctively, when you look at the roster, before you really like deep dive and think about it do you think title contending or do you think nah, 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 cool but yeah no. my
2: first my first like very loose like passover of all of it i put them as title contenders though so my title contenders were effectively like i guess supposedly coy depend maybe like less strongly than last year a g2 that like i said has a lot to work with um and then excel and then like the best of kind of like whoever crops yeah. up from like your vitality and, and and whoever else at that point um depending on so many moving pieces but yeah the more i think about excel the more like things could work out a little less well for them at peak i think they have a level of stability that i really like obviously odo is like mr consistent like this guy is just like ridiculously consistent you can't rock this guy xercee who i think um managed to be one of the best jungle trackers and enablers for his lanes um, in Summer. Vutio and Patrick, who are one-man shows, who no longer have to be one-man shows, and then Targumis, who is, yeah, up there as one of the best, if not the best, you support at his peak as well, depending on whether we see a recovery of someone like a Hillisang or a next level from Trimby mm-hmm. again. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, again, very individually stacked team. I think that they look to be a very stable team that can have strong lanes heading into team teamfights, I think, as an identity that works out well for them. It's kind of like a almost, like, a better version of what XL were doing last year in some regards, because I think Vito is an upgrade over Nukedark. Um, I think Xerxes is a level up over Marcoon. Odo, in regards to the weak side play, level up over Finn. And then Patrick and like, comparable to, like, your Patrick Mickey X as well, right? So I think in regards to what XL did last year, expect, like, a better version this year if they stick to that kind of identity. And yeah, I think they probably should be top four-ish, depending yeah. on how well the other teams do around them. They're probably the most stable of the top yeah, teams. This, this
0: is the thing. I think they have the highest floor of any team other than... That's the way to put it. Yeah, yeah. In, including Rogue. Because it would be easy to say like, oh, Rogue, uh, go back and remind yourself on some of those series Rogue played before they went on the run. Like, they had a pretty low floor. So, uh, yeah, I think this team, because of, again... The kind of players they have, they're also very non-flippy players outside of, like, VTO, right? Like, Oddo is the epitome of stability, as you already said, Xerxy as well. Just a very replicable jungle style, which is never going to get, like, hard
2: exposed. Yeah, I, I, I consider, like, if you compare some, like, Xerxi and Malorang, Xerxi brings you the ability to save your lanes, just not through flipping early game. Just yeah. by, like, having a better jungle matchup and just playing the jungle matchup in a way to just find the enemy jungler and just bully him out rather than Maloran doing the, the whole Eye of Sauron thing. Yeah.
0: And then uh, Patrick has just been, again, model consistency. Even though their play styles obviously aren't comparable, he's kind of like the auto of AD carry for me where he's like always going to be like top three, four, no matter what uh, in any meta. And then Targmas, as I said, who for me is was probably the best support, but if someone wanted to barter down Definitely the second, most versatile support. Yeah. His champion pool was crazy. Yeah, yeah, and his roaming ability, the fact that if... And I do think this is a big point, and I don't know if it's going to be true or not, but if it's even vaguely in the meta, the fact that this guy can play center at a ridiculous level is actually huge in draft. It just is. So if that's still well, a thing... I, it's,
2: just, it's just whether Patrick ends up playing like bruisery stuff, which I, I don't know whether that's what you really want to put him on. No, but, no, yeah. but
0: I still think I mean Patrick would be I, I think Patrick could play fucking Seraphine if he knew that he had a support yeah, player Yeah, the mage like, stuff
2: is yeah, it depends what yeah. kind of meta it is. She's just sure. such a weird champion man.
0: Um but no and, and then VTO, the thing is the biggest though, like the most flippy thing and you can argue that this is kind of his crucible in a way is for VTO that Again, his his weaknesses that I'm sure Kira will touch on, so I won't go into too much detail, but he has very stark weaknesses and strengths, and this is a roster that should give him the stability to be the best version of himself and a lot of, there's a big spectrum of opinion on VTO. some people are like oh." he was the best mid laner and he really deserved those MVPs other people were like ah it was right place right time his roster was bad and you know really he actually was one of the reasons they were behind in the
2: game and yeah he came back I mean the reason Vito is MVP is that like he just played to his strengths Mm. I don't think he's a holistic player compared to a Larson or a humanoid or a Caps or whatever like if you take him off of his preferred style and put him onto other modes of play like he's not going to be a top mid laner in LEC compared to those but in his like playmaking high mobility kind of style Yes. yeah i mean in that spring he was incredibly valuable i mean credit to him and his team for realizing that's how you want to play around this i think was he a, like a better player than a humanoid no but he was more valuable because he played yeah. to his strengths and it didn't matter actually and that's the big question because i
0: guarantee and i can say this freely because it'll never happen or at least this play won't happen but i guarantee if you put either larson caps or humanoid on this excel team it wins guaranteed there's no that's way it true. doesn't win guaranteed even and,
2: more consistent
0: yeah if you
1: put if you put this um like one of those like mid laners there with a lawyer on the jungle rule that's probably the best team the eu can make
0: yeah there's a case there's a case for it certainly obviously ad carry like that's like pick your poison right with with ad carry yeah but, um, as, support, but I, I i'm but about
1: it. to come to why patrick's actually the best fit or any any a top team. It's just he's never been on a top team. Yeah, that's true.
0: But yeah, just before you guys, just to finish yeah, up I on know. that point, uh, yeah, I think v, it's veto is a very weird player to judge because he's in this super weird player where for me, I feel like he's a B plus player who has S plus moments given situation and champion. it's Like if you had a stat chart,
2: his bid would be the most. Yes, spiky out of exactly. The but if you just play to the spikes, who gives a damn?
0: Yeah yeah for sure so that's my big question mark. because as i said if larson's on this team they smash everyone if they have humanoid and humanoid's not you know being weird and as is he's on form they smash everyone and caps they smash everyone so vto needs to kind of live up to that kind of level or as you say nightmare pick his moments and understand his role when he can't pick those moments and then should be something somewhat similar but yeah kira what what are your thoughts
1: so Again I'll just go through it. So you've got Odo who's the ultimate like elite piece. He makes every team in Europe the best team that you can send to Worlds. Like no team in Europe can now with the current player strength can be like uh, like a Worlds like semi-final or like final or like you know what I mean contending team in my opinion. Like from like player level it is without Odo. So you've already snagged like one of the best pieces because he's shown his like ability to like execute against world class opponents. You then got Xerxes. Uh, this is where I think this the way this team was constructed was quite clever. So Xerxes is going to want winning jungle matchups, right? And one of the ways that you're kind of going to be able to do that is in this team, you're going to be able to pick mid and jungle yes. like really late because Patrick has a champ, and no joke, he has an ADC champion pool. Ocean. He's up there with people like Jakulov Love in terms of how many ADCs he can play to a very, very good level. And even when the ADC meta shifts and slides and moves around, somehow he's got not just like four that he's good on or three he's good on, it's like six. Oddly yeah. enough, I think the other one like that in
2: Europe is probably Cobby, actually. You know, he can pull out a Twitch yeah, and stuff can... like that. It's probably those two, actually. Kobe and they're is also the most. Picks. They're also yeah. like that. They're also, I guess, not coincidentally the two eighty carries which have been playing the longest in LEC yeah. as well. I think they're the most veteran eighty carries, and I think it shows through in that. Um, although yeah. I mean, well, now reckless is reckless, back technically, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's there, but but yeah, as of this
1: year, it was yeah. those two. So you have, and I think when you look at it, when I said when I was talking about Zeka, I said he was a Korean video because his like strengths and that overlap. That the, yeah. well, now that he is a world champion, we now must say that um video mm. is European, Zekka. <laughs> and so and as such, because when you look at what they want, right? That on okay, let's look at it, Silas Akali. Um, what I'm trying to think I'll of is what i like. Like yeah, exactly, Zoe, yeah. both of them are like in world class level boys. You look at the overlap and it's insane. People who domestically against the, the other elite tier mid, laners struggle in lane. They have a weak uh, jungle dynamic. Zekov-Fozik is not a jungle dynamic, it like doesn't exist. Um, uh, VEO's jungle dynamic with like, Marcoon was based w- way more in my opinion on Marcoon's strength and understanding than his own. I think when you've seen that when he paired up with the Russian guy his name zanzara, zanzara. zanzara and when he uh, paired up with Shlatan, but both of them were just terrible so it's hard to tell but i would just say the players that they are they have shown to be so i think video has champion pool issues i don't think there's anywhere to decide about that if that was a symptom of what it, of what misfits wanted to do as a team that is fair but uh, there was like issues there and players. Just, just on the, that, that point
0: as well sorry just VEO. on that point he no, did again. play control mages, Oriana, Victor. Maybe his Victor two games was pretty or... good, actually. Yeah, yeah at the, the beginning d- of summer, and then and then they like completely abandoned that. So
2: that's up for interpretation. I thought they played one or two at the end of summer as well. I remember like a, yeah. I remember a particular Victor game where it, like, well, that was a game where actually he was like zero two zero three, and they still just he just killed his way back into relevance and in yeah, other no, that, that
0: that definitely at least it was against G two, wasn't it? where he's, that like, catching people right. in jungle and yeah. stuff. I remember, he. I think it was Victor into Art Capsari, maybe. But anyway, I could be wrong. But the point is, I they had the Akali into
2: the Ari game. That was, like, the huge comeback game in spring. Yeah. But, um, I, in summer, I can't remember.
0: But, yeah, so they they uh, did do, like, the Control Meiji stuff early, and then abandoned it, and obviously Misfits yeah. did not start the split well. So I'm not sure how much of that was like, ah, this doesn't work. We can't play like this, or if this was just a team decision or VTO thinking, well, I'm I just need to play like pure assassins or whatever it was. But I think that's quite yeah. telling. But again, he can blame that on team environment, right? Like, at this yeah, point. that's what I'm
1: saying. I- but at the end of the day, like well, I can only like, judge for like what actually happened in the game. I don't have yeah. any behind the scenes knowledge. I don't know what they, they discussed about. I can only say what was being picked on my screen and the results and the efficacy of what was being picked. Vio, um, is when I actually liked him when he was on those picks that he was able to like reach out and play make and grab the game back and like pick people off, assassinate ADCs, give his team with Neon a chance to win. Um. Uh, what do you call it, uh, mid-game team fight situations and late-game team fight situations. They're probably the team that won the most from gold deficits. Um, but I don't know if this XL team will be like that. The one concern I have about this XL team is if they do have losing lanes and they do have... Uh, but, but like when your map begins to shrink, is what these players um, will do. Because when I think of Odo teams, lots of Odo teams have always front uh, led from the front. They've always like uh like led from like lane leads and like early game leads yeah. or like stuff well, like one that. early
2: game skirmish into like a like a deadlock game
1: yeah, yeah. um or like you know what i mean like uh, rogue you have you had just like lane leads between him and yeah. larson um I don't know. And then you have like the bot lane. So I think the Patrick Targamas is like the highlight for me because I think there's a lot of flexibility here. Huge amounts of flexibility. Maybe the most flexible bot lane in EU. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Up there, yeah. So I think that's going to enable if there is champion pool issues with video, the bot lane is going to be able to bear the burden of that. And when players are able to and like you know, Odo will just blind pick anything. When people are able to bear the burden for other people's weaknesses, and like a top level team, that's usually a good sign. When you start like like MMA mathing it out, if EO doesn't have champion pool problems, and then you're like counter picking bot lane, and you're counter picking jungle and stuff like that consistently every single game, then you're like you're getting into some re- like really I think- really nice territory. The most
2: interesting thing I can think about this XL team is like compared to how, if you look at how they will do against the other teams, which are very topside heavy coming into this next year, we're gonna have a really good window into effectively almost peak of what you could see from 2022 LEC versus like a new take on the LEC 2023. It's like, if you see how they do against the Vitality, or a mad lines or something like that we get a really good window in terms of like lec style 2022 versus lec style 2023 from the newer teams i think that's gonna be really interesting to watch
1: yeah i I also
0: think no i was just gonna say i do i do think this is the best possible spot for vto in the sense that i expect that in a lot of games he'll have winning side lanes
1: and i think yeah and it's like
2: it's a strong stability which he isn't relied on as a primary carry, but has space to be so anyway like it's just play at playing ground for him. yeah
1: uh the, and, and the the other thing is this... oh, me, no, I was gonna say,
0: it's more i think i'd be more worried or not worried but like wary of the uh, the inverse if i'm one of the other players and i'm like you know this is the best framework for vto what now show me what the real vto is to me, there is still a question mark there. I think he has loads of really good qualities. I think he then has loads of qualities which not necessarily that he's shown to be bad in or incompetent in, but he has not proven himself in yet. So how many of those five things, let's say arbitrarily, is he going to show up on? And if it's three, four or five, then I think Excel is in an insanely good spot. If he can't plug gaps and weaknesses prevail, then... Uh, then yeah then then it's not straightforward but as i said to me i think this roster was built incredibly uh well hey, around him basically and that this is the best possible spot for him because i said i think if you put any s plus tier mid laner here any in the world like take any eastern top who's good yeah. any middle like they just win so vto needs to show that he's not a b plus player he's a plus. A,
1: There is a bit of like a variability to talk about in Xerxes. Because if you get Immortal Xerxes or you get like the Periods of Origin Xerxes, uh, this team gets like a lot worse. I and feel you, like oh, that would be the year.
2: situation he was in as well. I think even on Immortals, like he had those moments where, like, you could see the thought processes just that the team just wasn't on board. Yeah, yeah I, I, give him just... a
0: pa- I give him a hard pass for Immortals, but I give him, like, he was still
2: the best player on that team. I and give Origin?
0: Him a yeah, I give him a semi pass for Origin just because I know what Alfari's like yeah. to play with. So, yeah, I, for I,
1: fuck. But, but it's it's it, always it, someone else who's like, oh, no, 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 no you know
0: what? It's not always. It's someone else's fault. It's unironically always Alfari's fault, and I stand by that. Alfari <laughs> had, is a I've team obliterator. He's a team obliterator. He's like TO <laughs> on the Dallas Cowboys, mate. This guy there's just always, destroys teams.
1: There's always an Alfari segment. There, is, in that, always an Alfari mate, segment. if you but if what? you make me a
0: cocktail, of a player... Fari's the
1: reason h 2 not an origin. I it, blame Alfari. There
0: could be an angle there. Maybe you're onto something. <laughs> if
1: you're if you're I making, know, co- I don't know whether you two are like particularly
2: knowledgeable on like the Warhammer forty thousand. Lore. Oh, There's God. a character within El- Warhammer forty thousand called Alfarius, who is effectively everyone you but, who do you think he is that yeah, exactly. He's actually <laughs> Omegon as well. It's like this one guy who's like a legendary Primark and he hides as other people and other people hide as him. it's like you never actually know who Alfarius is. And yeah. I feel like this is a great analogy for like who are we blaming next? It's like it's Alfarius. It could actually be anyone. But it is
0: is, is (laughs) unironically Alfari. Right, let me break this down one more time, okay? Here's the cocktail that makes the biggest team obliterator player in the history of EU. You have a player who is very, very, very good, probably the best, well, no, definitely the best top lane laner of all time in the West, right? Or at least in, in Europe, right? I can't speak to Summit or whatever. So you've got that. Unfortunately, he's playing the least important position, but he thinks he's the most important person in the world. So you've got the combination of like ludicrous ego with the ability to justify it to some extent. So teams get baited into playing towards it. But then when this unbelievable laner even steps a millisecond out of lane or the clock ticks 14 minutes, does not know how to play League of Legends at all, bar none, zero caveats. He can't team fight. He doesn't understand objective control or how you acquire vision around objectives. He doesn't know how to flank. He doesn't know how TPs work. He is a terrible League of Legends player outside of lane. And I will stand on and if or, you know die on that hill if I need to until the end of time. He is the worst possible player to have in your team because even if you have a worse top laner, there's more... Reason to not play around that person, but because he actually is good at certain aspects of the game, he baits your entire organization into building around him. Which is why a team who have Alfari and Perks as their solo laners were fucking dog shit, even though on paper those two players are decent, right? They
1: also had the worst of PCs, arguably. whatever origin. What about origin?
0: The 10th place, mate. How uh, far he was on like, team. Okay, so they are so, dead. Okay, No, 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 there is
2: one specific caveat from this last split, which is that he would blind pick Nah like every game and win lane. And that allowed his team to have really good draft advantages yeah. because, like, that was one thing which he was really, really good at in terms like he'd always win lane. Actually, he's on a champion that can just like do whatever. Nah is a champion that plays through like a million different play styles. Like, he can be a split push, he can be a team fighter, he can be a lane bully. And like, that worked out really well for them because it made Vitality really easy to draft for. But as we said, there was a whole load of differences between like mid jungle top, no, no, rather than like jungle support top plane, just not meshing in that vitality thing. But like, that was one like w- side bonus, like I'm not going to lie, like obviously like him, him translating his obviously very good lane leads into actually impact on the map. That was always a little bit questionable. Do you
1: think Destiny was a good player in origin?
0: I think his AD carry was a fucking god, mate. I think his jungler was really good. I, I oh, And his, oh, his mid laner was fine.
1: No, no, Destiny no, because no, no, the... you literally just said De- De- Alfari made Xerxes bad. Oh, Alfari Alphari now made Xerxes good. He's a good jungler now. No, yeah, no, no I'm saying
0: Xerxes just a good jungler. The fact that is bad is yeah, irrelevant. That's... Like it that, wasn't
1: ba- it that's wasn't not bad. that's wasn't not inconsistent. The parts of the game, Mate, He had four that's, out of the five. No, four at. out
0: of the five players on that team. If you ask most people, like, are they good or not? Would say yes, they're good, and they came tenth. How is that possible? Unless one of those Destino, guys has Destino ludicrous was bad. flaws. Duck
1: was bad. Was no, no. D-
0: nah, well, I disagree. Anyway. Moving on, I have one last question for you guys and it is not how good a player is Alfari, because we all agree he's terrible, even Kira. Remember, by the way, Kira is the guy who tried to uh, turn us all on Zekka and then tried to retcon it afterwards. Definitely not a uh, mischaracterization of that situation by me. Anyway, so my final question for you guys is I don't want to do any kind of tier listing or this team will go to Worlds. I have one very simple question, which is which team do you think, or which which team do you have expectations for that you think deviate most from what you believe most people have it for? So, for example, if you oh. think a team's going to be 10th place, I think yours is Heretics, right? Mine is obviously the Heretics one. It's like, okay. If I
2: were to give like a series of unofficial awards, I think one which I would give, like I would predict in advance, is Heretics would be the most improved team over the course of the year. Start slow, world's caliber by the end. Okay, well, oh, I don't you,
1: know Gary? anything about community sentiment. So... Um...
2: Or we'll like the your... the benchmark for that. Yeah. Do people
1: do people think Vitality can win the split?
2: Yes, people are very so, high on yeah. Vitality. Right, a so then that, that's hot take for
1: me. Um, who else? Like I don't know. Um, it can be the know, other I'm... way. It can
0: be the other way as well, of course. Like a team that everyone thinks is good, but you think will actually just tank, or you know.
1: I don't think. Um... No, I think I'm actually in. Seems like I'm really in line of well, what I can imagine. The, the like, nobody really thinks weird Astral, one is... BDSA, BDS. No one thinks it's good. Astralis, no one thinks it's good. Like the heretics lineup, everyone has like mid table. Obviously, P- Fnatic fans will blow like Fnatic That's the into weird the sky one, because like you got so, some
2: people who are like, oh my god, so much individual talent, but then yeah. actually you look into the analysis side I think A
1: lot of people are like, well, actually, where do they play to kind of shit. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Probably Fnatic because I think, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think they were going to be really good. I thought they were going to be like fourth to third. But like the fanatic mob probably has them like rated first, so as I know, that's a three drop. I'm, I'm not a very good person for these type of questions,
0: so I'm gonna go for a hot take here, okay? Definitely no bias involved in this hot take either, by the way. I'm gonna say Koi, and I don't think Koi are gonna be like out of you know GSL or you know anything like this. I just think at no point during the split will people look at that team and be like, yeah, they're gonna win. I think they are not, I think they will be peripheral contenders, like yeah, you can't count them out, kind of team. Like fourth, fifth. Yeah, but I, I don't, don't, I, I don't think they'll ever be favoured, and I think that is a big drop off for them. Obviously, bearing in mind that they were top eight worlds one, one summer. I don't think they will look like serious contenders. I think everyone will be like, ah, eh, well, four of the five players are still there, so that is my.
1: Do, do people thing. think Koi still very, very good? Oh yeah, like... yeah, yeah. All right, okay, yeah. okay. That, that, I, I think to be really in line with the Q&A sentiment, then it seems.
0: I mean the narrative is also, which is somewhat true, I guess, uh, that people just don't think tops like that important in the EU in the context of as domestic well. play. It is This
2: this year it will be. Yeah. Like that's last the thing. this year, sure, I agree with it this year, but like as we were saying, like pretty early into the show, like we have gone from like one out and out carry and broken blade to like five or six I mean, like think, yeah. counting off on a hand, like you've got got broken blade, you've got Chasey, Photon, Photon. can be a carry. Uh, you've got Ebi, who can be a carry as well. And you've got Adam as well. That's like five or six. And yeah, yeah some of them are like, they can play in multiple forms. Like someone like Ebi, very, very versatile. <laughs> like you've gone to like one team playing towards top side, who actually arguably like half of mm. them. That is a huge like region meta shift. Like, we haven't seen a region meta shift like this in Europe in a long
0: and that, time. And this is why, and this is why I think, uh, one of the reasons I think Koi will drop off, not because, again, is a bad player or anything like that, but I think Otto, for example, will be able to, or would have been able to survive every single we'll matchup. Yeah. For sure. Like, even if the players are better at carries or whatever, like, he's not losing that lane. Like, he might, or he might lose it gracefully. And he'll just outvalue them. Yeah, exactly. He'll just outvalue them anyway. Sigenda... I don't know what happens if he's because it's again the play unless he just becomes a de facto best carry top laner which I don't think is going to happen he will lose his lane because that's the style of player that he is he doesn't always just default back to say picks or whatever and how does rogue play when they have a top laner who loses lane every now and then I have no idea but my guess is it won't be a team also I think there'll be somewhat of a again this is like a massive conjecture but I think that um Things are a bit stale in Rogue or could get a bit stale. And I think if there are certain things happening with like a jungle like the magic. Yeah, it's all fine and dandy when you're like winning and you look at your mid lane and you see Larson and you smile because you're mowing and then you look top and you see Otto and you smile and you're like, ah, this isn't the same as last year. That's something I think that can be really hard to digest if you're like as a player and you just won and you look around and Mm. you're like, We're the same as last year, but not quite as good. I think that's actually a really difficult mental hurdle to get over. Um, Mm. And and to me, that would be kind of demotivating. It's like, I have everything exactly how I did in a winning formula last time, but there's one key piece which has been like dragged down a bit. So I'm just the same, but worse. Like that's not a great, you know, if they've got Korean carry top laner or something, he was like super hyped. Yeah. You can't guarantee he'll be as good or as facilitative as Otto, but there's a chance you just flip and the magic goes to 10, you know? But with mm. Segenda, I don't I, and I don't want to put the player down, I think he's a good
2: player. I just don't i yeah. I well, it's just it. comparing any top planet to Otto is just like Otto's just really good. Yeah. Sorry, he's just a good player. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's see how good Segenda if Segenda
0: shows me fucking broken Maokai or something, you know, on day one, I might be like, Holy shit. But uh yeah. Anyway, everything could flip on its head because I also think there's a good chance uh good people at home that maybe riot actually revert some of the season changes and based on community feedback they don't typically do that but i think there's actually a legitimate chance of it this time because it is fairly drastic so we will see what happens but uh that is going to be it from us thank you all for watching and we will catch you next time